0: to make mine multiversity a marvel podcast i'm your host kevin with me is our jake and elias how are y'all doing this fine
1: day doing great kevin thanks for having us back yeah yeah
2: Yeah. my back hurts but i'm surviving you're surviving (laughs) i'm surviving That's, that's what's important
0: that's all we can ask for right now um As you all are well aware, as you're listening to this podcast, the, the, uh, the world, the earth is still in the midst of the, uh, coronavirus, uh, pandemic, uh, we are all at our homes, sheltering in place, working from home, doing all those things, um, that's all happening in the comic world, um, the, all the major publishers um, are not uh, putting out new issues at the moment. Uh, Diamond Comics, the main, the distributor for the direct market for most of the public, uh, most of the publishers uh, is still closed. And so we are now three weeks I think into um, having no new issues on Wednesdays. And we're not complaining about it. Of course, we want people to, to stay safe. We want people to um, you know be healthy we you know are thinking about all those little comic book shops that are dealing with the financial impact of this moment uh as well as uh small publishers and other folks uh people at diamond people everywhere that are are um are dealing with this and uh there have been a lot of fun initiatives that the comics community has um tried to uh to, to start to sort of support um one another in this time and seen a lot of things on Twitter and on other sites. I encourage you to check those things out. Uh, But with that, this would normally be our episode in which we would talk about sort of the big books that Marvel had put out in the month of March and April. And since we're unable to do that, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, So if this is your first time with us at Make Mind Multiversity, uh, we'd love for you to take a moment. uh, Rates or subscribe to to the show uh, at the end. Rate, review us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you haven't, checked out MultiversityComics.com where we're hosted. Uh, Multiversity Comics is your home for all things comics news reviews. Uh, They have a ton of other podcasts and think pieces. They're doing a lot of fun uh, evergreen reviews and television stuff and other columns and things to uh, put out fun content for you to have uh, at this time while you're sheltering in place, laying in bed, playing video games you know sucking your thumb and and crying about how anxious you are and how the world's ending or whatever that might just be me um but love listening to some comic podcasts while i'm freaking out about everything so what we're gonna do today is uh we thought it would be fun since a lot of people are posting um lists of books to check out and back issue uh but from back issue bins and local comic book stores, if you're still able to to call your store and they can, uh, you know, you can like get delivered stuff from them in the mail or go pick things up from them. Like grocery stores are doing where you drive up and they hand you your order and you drive away. Um, we thought it would, or if you are, are a subscriber of Marvel unlimited and are overwhelmed by the amount of choices, the unlimited choices that are are there on that. Um, that's how we thought it would be a fun time to go through all the different eras, of Marvel comics of not all the eras, Jesus Christ, um, mm-hmm. all the relaunch eras of the last decade, which is probably perhaps even more confusing than all of, all of the eras total. It's um, the most or-
1: confusing thing I've ever encountered in comics. And I write a regular monthly column about the intricacies of X-Men continuity. It's yeah, you sh-
2: ridiculous. How many damn reboots there were that weren't really reboots that have almost the same name. DC looks like a saint in comparison.
1: It's unbelievable. I can't believe how right you are. But uh, so we're talking about the the first reboot we're talking about is Marvel Now, which was in 2012. And Marvel Now as a name to me sounds like like a Wayne's World parody of like out of touch (laughs) marketing guys being like Marvel. It's cool. It's (laughs) hip. It's now it's Marvel now. And it's like super cheesy but yeah it almost comes back around and then i like it but why did they think it was such a good idea that they had how many things called marvel now like four yeah
2: like seven because they had wave two and then they had avengers now um and we're not looking at the heroic age which technically launched at the start of the decade but was its own thing I don't really know what was up. I, I missed most of the comics from the Heroic Age.
1: Oh, I was reading Heroic yeah. Age. Heroic Age is funny because it had a better reason for existing than most of the eras we're talking about today. But oh, yeah. weirdly, the comics were a lot worse. Like, uh, not a lot of series that I loved from the Heroic Age compared to – a lot yeah. of great series came out of the comics we're talking about today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But the, so- the
1: branding is – unbelievably confusing is unbelievably terrible
0: yeah we were t- we so we were t- chatting so we'll, we'll I'll, I'll give us a little bit of over here in a second we were chatting amongst ourselves and our like chat to get ready for this show trying to figure out when books came out uh like labels of like all the different waves like what went where and like we are you know we are all like fairly comic booky people as as jake said but like jesus jesus fucking christ like this is it's ridiculous just how how poorly Managed all the different um, the the intricacies of all these relaunches are now like looking back.
2: Should should we sh- here let, let let's go down the list. We start with Marvel Now in 2012. Yeah. So there was all- so okay. So
0: yeah. So uh, at, so after I I, I kind of had this right now because they're like events that parallel. Oh with All the different relaunches. So so Avengers versus X Men ends in 2012. Um, and that's when Mar the first Marvel Now begins at the end of 2012 around October of 2012 runs through the middle of 2014 or the beginning of 2014 marvel the first marvel now ends right after infinity after the infinity event that hickman and, and jim chung did and then all new marvel now starts in 2014 and runs to like october of 2015 sort of ends with secret wars even though secret wars continues at, uh, after all new all different marvel starts because it was delayed a little bit um also bit. in the all new, all new marvel now era Um, We're going to lump together All New Marvel Now and Avengers Now, which was uh, a shorter initiative of a handful of titles from late 2014 to the same period of 2015. And it's the stuff that spins out of Original Sin and Axis, um, two events that nobody should ever read. Um, Uh, I will stick up for Original
1: Sin. Uh, I skipped Uh, it in my my Thor retrospective for a reason. And and Axis um, is worth it as an amazing performance art comedy piece that was amazingly covered <laughs> on multiversitycomics.com.
0: Okay, good. Alright, alright. So, so if, you're, if, you, um, if you're like me and the, the, you know, like the state of Illinois, the, uh, the, the weed dispensaries are still considered essential. If you're in an area where you can get high, get high, read access, <laughs> and have, a, have, an, have an evening of it. Enjoy.
1: Country um, Carnage. Oh, we should rate all the Marvel events of the 21st Century in a future episode. Oh, we Please. should. We should. I, if we're still, I would if, gladly do that.
0: If we're still um, not not having comics uh, in a couple weeks, maybe we'll we'll do that. So we'll talk. okay, so all new all new all different Marvel now starts late 2015, ends late 2016 with Civil War II, which began in the middle of 2016. So like all new all Marvel all, so like the last three these last three did not last very long at all. So then
2: and they all have the same name. Late, yeah, late 20
0: late 2016 to late 2017 was Marvel Now 2.0, and it ends with Secret Empire. And then Marvel Legacy begins as the shortest of all, le- begins with the Marvel Legacy one shot in October of 2017 and then ends in May 2018. Um, and then Fresh Start starts in May 2018. Um, and it's <clears throat> like sort of the current era of Marvel Comics, although we can debate whether or not Fresh Start is still an apt title for for whatever this era is. Um, that's a thing that we could talk about at the end. But yeah, sure. <clears throat> I counted how many. so. I counted how many like events or small events, or like I counted like events, anything that had like a a individual like issue that was titled after the event. And I I counted at least 30 over the last, um, from 2012 to, uh, to like the end of last year. Too many.
1: It's you can tell, I mean, we'll t- we we can talk about events another time, but you can tell with the events that a lot of them were planned to be one thing and turned into another thing. And there's all mm-hmm. this evidence yeah. that, um, oh, yeah. things that were supposed to be small stories turned into huge events, things that were supposed to be huge events ended up kind of getting, uh, shuffled or swept under the rug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very um, few were yeah. successful. But, but these, these relaunch labels are nonsense I get yes. the idea. I really actually love the idea of systematically treating comics kind of like a TV series and you start with a big event, you end with a big event and it's like the season premiere, the season finale. You you can yeah. renumber or you can reorganize the books and kind of reshuffle what you're doing in an orderly way. But this is just kind of randomly every 2 years to 4 months depending on their whims, they just <laughs> add a word because they called it it was Marvel Now. Then mm-hmm. two years later, it was all-new Marvel Now. Then a yeah. year later, it was all-new, all-different Marvel Now. And then less than a year after that, they're at Marvel Now 2.0, which i if you've been counting, we're at Marvel 4.0. Which, yeah. if you're on the
2: Wikipedia pages, you have to go to a different Wikipedia page for all-new, all-different, which technically runs concurrent with Now 2.0 and Legacy. Yeah,
1: it's stupid. I don't according, understand.
0: Well, yeah, according to that one Wikipedia page, but but, but yeah.
1: i, I don 't understand what this was for. I get the idea in theory. It seems like a really smart thing to do structurally, but like this is worse than not having anything structurally. This is worse than not doing relaunches at all having these yeah, errors
0: absolutely yeah I mean I think I think you're right like I think there's there's something to be said of like, okay, you creative team, you have twelve issues to tell a full story, and then there's going to be a big event that happens line wide it's going to be cohesive it's going to feel like everything matters and everything is important, and everything is happening sort of in this uh, in this like vehicle that is telling this one big story. Um, so like Valiant. You, you may it. to, you may stick on and you might have another 12 issues after that then create creative team or whatever. But yeah, no, this is just fucking nonsense.
1: Yeah. But so. it's nonsense that we're going to use to structure a conversation about some really good comics. Hell yeah. Exactly.
0: So the way we're going to do this, um, we're going to start with Marvel. Now we'll go to all new Marvel now. Then all new, all different Marvel now. Marvel now 2.0. That's really the dumb name, is the the 2.0. I don't get it. But uh, and then Marvel <laughs> Legacy, and then we'll talk a little bit about Fresh Start. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna each of us uh, are gonna go through. We'll have uh, a pick of a consensus pick of this is the highlight book of the era, or like the best book or the most important book of the era. We'll have a what our personal favorite book of the era is, and then we'll we're all gonna try to have. A, a pick that was like, this is an underrated book of the era. It may not be perfect, but it's like fun, enjoyable, and you should check it out if you want like a slice of what that four months to two years was in the <laughs> and,
1: Marvel universe. And we're going to have a reading list in the uh, in the notes for the show, right, Kevin?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to post uh, all the picks that we have uh, on the Multiversity Comic page that this episode will be listed on. You can find uh, all our picks there. If you want to read them, you can find them on multi- on books. Uh, you can find them on marvel unlimited uh on comixology Un- unlimited or whatever the fuck their thing is called um yeah you I, got it i pay for it but i don't know what it is um uh, uh read all the manga that's much. there <laughs> you could read all the manga that's there if you're you know decide like i've the big two right now if, like if that's your your shit right now you know whatever you really have options so mm-hmm. many options so we're gonna get started uh we'll go to jake first so looking at Marvel now, um, I think we should all... So you could start with your... Consen- I think we should all say all of our picks and then we can kind of branch out from there because the, I think the, the, the game, it might be what is the... See if we can match consensus picks... Um, yeah, yeah, so I'm very we'll curious. You, Dick.
1: Yeah, uh, so I just want to uh, open by saying, in 2012, I was actually working at a comic shop. I was working at Midtown Comics, Grand Central in New York City, and so mm. I was reading a ton of comics at this time. And uh, my comic reading will wax and wane depending on my the life situation, but I just had a lot of access. I was around the comics all day, so I was reading just about everything that Marvel was putting out in this era. So I pick for my consensus pick, and I was a little bit thinking about who I was on this call with, um, <laughs> yeah. but I picked Jason Aaron's Thor God of Thunder, <laughs> um, which uh, that is with Asad Ribbick on art and um, probably the best and most definitive artist, in my opinion, of that whole Jason Aaron run, although Russell Dodderman gives him a really like a strong run for his money. But mm. uh, those first six issues and really the first 12 issues that were the Thor God of Thunder series, um, the God Butcher and followed by God Bomb, are just uh, extraordinary among the best Thor comics Marvel's ever put out, ab- among the best comics Marvel's ever put out, and um, and th- it what ended up leading to just like this tremendous run that was um, really a, I think a, a contender for best Thor run of all time, and that's like not a easy category. There's a bunch of Thor runs that um, are strong contenders, but I think Jason Aaron has easily earned his place starting in 2012.
0: Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, so my, I will I will stop you. My consensus pick for the the period uh, was was Hickman's New Avengers stuff. Oh, uh, great right, oh, oh, is, 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 is related. So we're already we're already at one loss. I um, almost
1: picked that. I, I actually that yeah. was I, I was between those two. So uh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to it.
0: Yeah. What about you, Elias? What was your cons- so your consensus? You probably I had would to
2: pick, pick Thor, God. God of Thunder, because yeah, okay. I, I know yeah. you love it. I love. Yeah. Uh, the god bomb arc is probably the best it's the definitely the best of god of thunder although a couple of the one shots there i think issue issue 12 is once upon a time in midgard yes it uh, is that that might be the best of that entire series um but i just absolutely love the god bomb. it's the best way to start it and aaron really got how to create a character how to create a thor story that felt unique and felt different and i re- so i had actually read this after having read the first eight issue or like the first six issues of the jane foster thor before sure. we knew it was mm. jane foster and i was like i saw a caption box and they're like ross solomon did blank in thor. and thor i was like shit there was a series before this so i went and got the bundle <laughs> And proceeded to read through god of thunder i'm very glad i did it wasn't necessary but i'm very glad i did i also cheated and picked hawkeye for consensus because it ran during this era but it didn't start uh, so i was like eh, i don't know if i'm gonna get away with that yeah ha- so,
1: I, I didn't count that hawkeye yeah. and the kelly pseudoconic uh captain marvel run both started uh shortly before marvel yeah now. Which so. is so
0: strange, but but yeah, because like it seems like they're like definitive, like those are books that people... like I mean, oh yeah, those to, are like the
2: but yeah. To be
1: fair, Hawkeye took four years to publish twenty two issues, twenty twenty two issues. Well, so. I think I think Marvel now, as an initiative, was largely based on um, two things. It was based on the strength of those two books and how well they were doing critically and commercially, and I, th- I think a lot of it had to do with what Sana Aminat was doing as an editor at the time, because mm-hmm. um, yeah. she was working with both the uh, of those creative teams and um making those books happen and you could tell that the style of marvel really shifted towards what those two books were doing And i and to this day like marvel marvel now is a great dividing line of um old marvel and new marvel the previous yeah. decade and the new decade yeah yep. all right so personal fave um, times
0: yeah so so jake personal fave
1: Okay, so I, I have a lot of runners up in this category, and I really uh, wrung my hands about this. But I ended up, for my personal fave, going with Avengers Arena, which yeah. um, was written by um, – it was actually uh, the debut series, the debut ongoing at Marvel uh, by the man who at the time was known as Dennis Hopeless but is now writing under his uh, given name, Dennis Halem, mm-hmm. um and drawn by Kev Walker. Uh, for those who don't know, the premise of Avengers Arena is the supervillain Arcade reads the Hunger Games while in prison and is like, that's a great villain plan. And um, then he kidnaps all of the sidekicks and teenage superheroes and puts them on an island.
0: Wait, for real? That's how it begins? He reads the Hunger Games and it's like, that's great? Yes, yeah. literally,
1: that's how it begins. Someone gives it to him as a gift in prison.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> it's, so good.
1: it's so good. And then, um, everyone has a health bars of all the kids and they're running around this island and Arcade basically says... Um, you have three days to all kill each other. If one person is left, you are the victor and you get a prize and you can escape. And, um, and if you don't kill each other, and if there's more than one person left alive after three days, I kill all of you and uh, I'll try it again sometime. And, um, but all of the kids act really within character. They're all trying to save each mm-hmm. other and not play the game, but some of them kind of go nuts. Um, there's all sorts of booby traps and other villains hidden on the island. And um, the stories told uh, out of, out of order so we jump around in time and we see how he built this island and um how he got people to agree with this we also see um certain superheroes in the marvel universe notice these kids are missing and investigating trying to figure out where they all went and there's all these different threads and it's it's 12 issues and it's of all the marvel now series it's the one i read again and again because it's such a perfect you read 12 issues and it tells a great entire story
0: Mm. Mm. very cool very cool um my favorite from the era is the same as my consensus pick. So I think still of Marvel now, um, Hickman's Avengers, New Avengers stuff of the era is, uh, is my favorite. I love like the very beginning of New Avengers, uh, with, so it's the artists at the very beginning, like, cause, cause towards the end of, of, of the books, the art on gets unwieldy. Um, but at the beginning, it's like Steve Epting and the first arc of the main Avengers book is Jerome Pena and it look, looks beautiful. um, mm-hmm. But I just, like, love the intrigue and the uh, sort of, like, all the great power and, uh, like, secret cabal stuff of New Avengers and, like, all of these, like, very arrogant smart men in the Marvel Universe trying to, like, save everything and, like, failing spectacularly at it. Uh, and I, th- I think it's brilliant. One of, So, uh, like, I read Avengers and new Avengers on Marvel unlimited. It was one of the first books that I read on, on Marvel unlimited of like sort of main continuity stuff. The first thing that I read on Marvel unlimited is I read through all the ultimate universe stuff. Um, For better or worse, for Mm -hmm. better or worse. Somebody told me that, that, that ultimate Spider-Man was a good starting point. um, And I believe them. So that's kind (laughs) of where I started with my, like with, with ultimates and with ultimate Spider-Man is like sort of my, my Marvel gateway. Um, Even though they were like out of main continuity, but like, I don't know. They were, you know, for better or worse. That's what got Uh, me.
1: Ultimate Spider-Man is what got me back into comics too, actually. hmm.
0: I like, I, I, I just like, I want something complete. I want something where like, I'm going to know what's like happening. And, and it was, it was that it worked. And then I, I ended up reading all the ultimate stuff and like what Hickman does in the like ultimate Avengers or whatever the hell that book is titled when he takes it over, I think it might still be ultimates. Um, Like, which is like the proto sort of lead in to like all this stuff is wild. And, even more brilliant than his Avengers new Avengers stuff. in my opinion, that's a, a really it. strong take. New Avengers...
1: <clears> I have not read it, so read I can't it. weigh in. You new Avengers you number should. three, the Hickman new Avengers number three is probably one of my top Marvel single issues of all time. And it's mostly it's, just yeah. Mr. Fantastic explaining a bunch of like line graphs and it's the most riveting stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, so I read, I read these two series on Marvel Unlimited, and then I turned around and like was going to try to buy them on eBay. Cause I was in like that point of like, Oh, I need to have things. Uh, of my like collecting career and I like found a like a full bundle of like the main series and I was like messaging back and forth with the guy and he was like do you want the new Avengers one too? I'll like throw it in for another like 20 bucks and I don't know who he is but he's a champ and (laughs) and sent sent me some things and so I like have the whole have that like whole bundle in in singles Um, and it's like one that it's just like a whole fun saga. I even think that like people like shit on Infinity but I like happen to think that it's like a really cool event
1: Infinity uh, rules. Anyone who's shitting on Infinity is um, not trying very hard to read it. It's I'm just it's shit on it. Elias, okay.
0: what the? Go fuck? ahead. Your
1: personal right. fave. So my What's... personal
2: fave was New Avengers. Um, awesome. Because of the two books, I really like New Avengers more. I feel like he approached the subject matter uh, a little bit. It, it was more interesting to me, perhaps because I had read like that Illuminati one shot that years and years during civil war kind of fed new avengers Mm -hmm, um versus avengers where they went to mars and the team was so fucking unwieldy this was these are the two first marvel books that i had read since the since jms's spider-man um so I, my, my Marvel knowledge at that time was there's a Spider-Man, there's Thor, there's some guy named Iron Man, and like a smattering of other random heroes that I knew from Civil War um, and Doctor Strange. So I'm just seeing a cast of 40 characters and I'm like, fuck this. But it was still interesting, but like I couldn't follow it at all. I couldn't follow the, the main Avengers book, and but New Avengers I could actually grasp and understand a little bit better. um. And I'm gonna shit on Infinity because uh, when I first read it, uh, you're a loser. I only loser. read Infinity. I started with Infinity. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Well, that the was your I was working my way that through, was and wrong. I'm like, "You're a loser." Who I take it. I don't are take these it back. people? Yeah. And when I finally read Avengers and New Avengers, uh, and then Into Infinity, it made a lot more sense. Um, and I, I think that was—I think that was my main problem with Infinity was that Marvel didn't know how to market the book and set it up so that you had all the relevant information to really grasp it. So you reach the end of the event and you're just like, "I don't know what
1: just happened. I don't know why any of this matters." I'm nodding, but unless you had think, all of that set up, I, I think yeah. um, one of the nice things about the Hickman X-Men has been Marvel is letting him take a lot of more. Uh, he has a lot more say over marketing than most Marvel creators do, oh, yeah. and you can tell that his books—you do- can't market them like the re- like other stuff that Marvel puts out because yeah. he doesn't play nice or to the company line. But no, so when he he's doing not. a big event and uh, Marvel wants to market it like an event, but it's- he doesn't treat it like that. He treats it like a weird esoteric sci-fi thing, which mm-hmm. it is, and it's great. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I need to yeah. reread Infinity to to really. Honestly, I just I just need to reread it with the other stuff because I feel like I'd understand it and kind of appreciate it more now than when
1: i first read it Uh, i want to point out that i have every book we've mentioned so far anyone any of the three of us in hardcover because i love all these books so much nice Mm, Yep, all right
0: yep i was i was thinking when you were when you brought up that illuminati issue elias that mm-hmm. like ah yes hickman he's been taking all of bendis's poorly executed good ideas for years and turning them into gold and <laughs> was, that's was really been limit? his marvel career was that one yeah that shot? was a bendis, that was a bendis issue that was oh, a bendis wow. issue
1: we could call this the uh, the gold balls corollary yep, <laughs> yep. really really makes sense all right all right finally
0: all right. uh underrated picks
1: Uh okay, so my underrated pick is a series that started a little bit before Marvel now, but it took on a new creative team during Marvel now, so I'm counting it. (laughs) No, it's I think it's fair. Go go go. go. We'll allow
0: it. Um,
1: the book is called Avengers Assemble. And the uh, first <laughs> set of issues were by Bendis. It was uh, the issues uh, one to eight were by Bendis. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think very highly of most of Bendis' Avengers. And uh, Avengers Assemble one to eight was not only among the worst, not the very worst, but like in the bottom third of his Avengers output, <laughs> it was also uh, one of the worst Guardians of the Galaxy stories he ever wrote. Um,
2: Oof, it's just really yeah, roasting a, Bendis here.
1: One day keep I'm going to write a beautiful book going, about Bendis. Do it. But um, At issue number nine, it gets a new creative team and it's taken over by one Kelly Sue DeConnick, Mm -hmm. who at that point was starting to get very famous because of her excellent work with Captain Marvel. And she ended up uh, closing out the series um, with uh, Stefano Caselli was the uh, first artist she was working with. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: And um, so it's just Kelly Sue DeConnick doing three Avengers stories. The first paperback is marketed as Avengers Assembles Science Bros, which is terrible marketing. This is one of the best avenger stories just like straight up the avengers the ones who you want to see are a bunch of superheroes they're on a team they're fighting some villains that you've never seen before they're using their powers they've got like a cool uh, team dynamic it's just like great superhero stuff and it ultimately didn't have a lot of impact it's not like an epic uh, line-changing sci-fi book like a lot of the the hickman avengers we were talking about and it's not um it doesn't have the scope of the more recent jason aaron avengers but for 10 20 years that kelly sue avengers run was my favorite avengers comic and the one i would buy for people if they liked the movie Mm. Mm. and you guys because it was
0: it was created as a as a movie time basically yeah it was and um
1: and you guys had never even i bet neither of you read this series right it's like not a series that people have read i read Uh, so the
2: entirety of what i have read on marvel now is on my list okay it's not Ah. many i read I read so little of this era and actually I realized I also re- read so little of all new Marvel. Now um, I will yeah, have areas like one that. that I,
0: I got into all, I mean, that's when I got into like Marvel proper was all new, all different. So everything like after that, I I'm golden on. Mm-hmm. All right, Elias, you're, you're,
2: uh, you're underrated. Pick. So I picked, this is probably going to be kind of contentious, Rick Remender and John Romita jr's Captain America, specifically um... the Marvel now era. Yep, I hated that, so go ahead. Castaway in Dimension <laughs> Z. Yeah, 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 I read every issue um, of that. And I hated every bit of it. I know I know a lot of people really don't like this run, like any of it. Um, and it kind of set it I mean, this is the run that eventually set the stage for uh Old Man Steve passing on the torch, Nick Spencer taking over and completely throwing that out. Um I don't know.
0: Don't say don't say throwing it out because uh, we might we might see some Nick Spencer later in the no
2: no 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 no. I meant he threw he threw out old man Steve. Oh uh, yeah, eventually that, that was, but, uh, like he, he, we had old man Steve for about a year, and then they were like, you know what? We don't like Sam being Captain America. Like,
1: give us young Steve again. I got um, stuff to say about that, but we're talking about specifically specifically the dimension C. in
2: dimension C. It is batshit insane and there's no way it should have been in a captain america book but it works so perfectly because Mm -hmm. it's it's just pulpy nonsense it's pulp sci-fi nonsense and i love that i love how you take war pulp and throw them into into the deep end of the sci-fi that he's always kind of skirted around with, with Arnim Zola and the Red Skull and all of the this the Nazi super science that he has to defeat. And now he's yeah. literally just in another dimension with a kid who might be his clone, but who might also just be straight up his kid and also Zola's kid. It's, it's nonsense, but but it's the most amazing nonsense I've read. And I know also a lot of people don't really like Romita Jr.'s Chunky Boys. That's right. Get...
0: I do not like But, but I, personal, I
2: personally really like Romita Jr.'s art style. It's not for everyone. And like I reviewed the first issue of this for uh, the, the decade anniversary um, we did at the end of the year. Uh, and there are definitely problems with it. And his art's gotten better, but it's also gotten worse since... But I still, I still really love it. I love just
1: the sheer
2: strangeness of it all.
1: I gotta say, Elias, you're really selling me hard on this. I read every issue of this because I thought it was a great idea and because I loved Remender so much from his uh, Uncanny X-Force run at the, that time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I yeah, my my visceral hatred for that era of John Romita Jr. <laughs> art made it just like really like repulsive to me in this like profound way, but you're reminding me how good the writing was and how it's one of Remender's better Marvel stories. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to echo that um if you're not as bothered by me as by the John Romita Jr. chucky artwork and the and muddy colors, I wasn't a fan of the artwork at all, but yeah. if that doesn't bother you, if even if you like that, awesome story, cool run. Do it. Okay. What'd you pick, Kevin?
0: I, so I, like Elias, have not read a whole lot of other stuff from Marvel now, but um, it's not. And it's less so like underrated, like people, you know, say it's really good. But um, I read it recently when we did the, like Elias, the the decade mm-hmm. Marvel now thing, uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, ah. which was Nick Spencer. And um, oh, crap. Why do I not? To Google. Uh, Steve Lieber. Steve Lieber. Um, uh, Nick Spencer and Steve (laughs) Lieber. And I've never read Superior Spider Man. Like, I haven't read that Dan Slott series, which also started in Marvel now. Um, But I really liked this. It was just like kind of like I love Lieber's art. It's very sort of like quirky and um, great comedic timing
1: with great comedic
0: timing. Yeah. Uh, And like, it's like the best of Spencer, I think, like of his sort of penchant for like wanting to be really funny and thinking that he's really funny, but like, but so that he up. is,
1: he is very funny. It's a very funny book. I think he's, I
0: think, I think it's a really funny book, but like, like this work, it works well with a bunch of like D list Spider-Man villains than it does like in the main Spider-Man book or like in a book about Nazis. So, uh
1: yeah. um, um yeah. I um, so, yeah. I, I, there's criticism that could be uh, leveled at Spencer, but, um, I feel like anyone who had the, the people who I see the most loudest, um, hating Nick Spencer really personally have usually not read Superior Foes of Spider Man. And it, I think that, and that book's charming to anybody. It's impossible not to read that book and be charmed. It's yeah, really right. fun Absolutely. and funny.
0: Absolutely. Um, a couple other, uh, so we'll move on to all new Marvel now, but a couple other sort of books that, that launched in this area, era, run Runner really Up. Runner ups or honorable mentions, just things to think about. Young Avengers came out. It was going to be that's on my runner up list. Uh, that's
1: and uh, Young Avengers is so cool because um, it's the middle part of a trilogy, sort of. Mm. Um, yeah, because. Really because it's one of the three uh kieran gill and jamie mckelvey collaborations uh oh, on-goings. Okay. you have the you have the phonograms which were like three mi- uh, mini series that are tied together that they did together and then young avengers is in the middle and then wicked and divine uh closes it out and when yeah. you read all three of those looking at their partnership it's like the coolest it's one of my favorite uh partnerships in comics um okay and i write about them a lot so you could See me write about it on multiversitycomics.com. But, like, uh, I've never seen two uh, guys and with the rest of their team, because Matt Wilson um, on Colors and um, Clayton Um I've never seen a team, uh, a creative team on comics, better at knowing when to step up and when to step out of the way. Like, everybody knows when it's their time to uh, do the heavy lifting and the storytelling. And everyone, no one has ego about it. Everyone is, it's like the, the most cohesive creative team I've ever seen in a comic. And watching them grow is so awesome and rewarding. Very cool, very cool.
0: Um, yeah, Young Avengers, uh, the beginning of Bendis' X-Men era is Marvel now, so all new and, mm-hmm. un- and uncanny. Uh, and then, like, the aforementioned superior Spider-Man. Those are the only things that I sort of think, I mean, are not, like, highlights, but, like, are, be aware of of them. Are I want to add the one more. y'all had on your, Yeah.
1: Uh, so, you actually, um, my runner up list is Young Avengers, um, Hickman New Avengers, Superior Spider Man, Superior Foes. So, we named all those in your picks, which was awesome. But so, the one thing we haven't uh, named that's like really worth checking out, and both of you guys would love this series if you haven't read it, is FF by Matt Fraction and Michael. Oh, Reddy.
0: yeah. Yeah, his, yeah, Fraction takes over from Hickman on Fantastic Four and, F- and FF. Yeah, and that is on my list of things to, to check out eventually.
1: The the Fantastic Four yeah. half of the run is okay. I thought there were some highs and lows, but FF is a riot all the way through. It's like a great team. It's the most already book um, Allred's ever been allowed to do at Marvel. It's just like a, <laughs> it's really a, like a, his Mad Men ecstatics. Uh, it's like, a, it's him to the, the nth degree, and Fraction oh, is eclectics. just like egging him on to be weirder and weirder. Oh, wow. Nice, nice. Yeah. So some, okay. some
2: yeah, my runners up were just Avengers and Young Avengers, and then Morbius with seven question marks because I haven't read it, but it's a Joe
1: Keating book.
2: I'm I read baffled. that book. Yeah. Was it good?
1: Um, it. I, I read it in 2012 when I was working at the comic store and I could read anything <laughs> I wanted, and it hasn't left much of an impression on me. I remember my um my memory of that Morbius book is every so often I'm just like, oh Morbius, he got a series during Marvel now, and that's kind of it. I don't have bad memories of it either, so it probably wasn't direct like a wreck there we go who is
2: who is joe keating and should i know joe keating did shutter and flavor
1: okay. which
2: sadly has not returned uh i want more flavor please give me more flavor
0: are those are um, image are those both image books uh
1: yeah yeah uh, it's okay. shutter is great if you've never read it shutter is a favorite of mine okay maybe all right yeah
0: okay all new all new marvel now um uh so this is 2014
1: for, for those of us who are not trying to keep track of the stupid names this is 20, oh, yeah.
0: the 2014 um and side note real quick i think we should going forward we should all three say like our three picks and we can maybe talk in between and then we can switch to the next person and not do them like one at a time okay I think if that's that what you think is better save a little bit of time yeah yeah and be and be good um okay so all new marvel now uh, 2014 to October 2015 ends with Secret Wars. Jake, we'll start with you. Why don't you give us your your three, or you'll give us your consensus. We'll 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 chime in. But yeah, give us give us all three of your picks.
1: All right. So there's two things I think can strongly be argued for the consensus pick, but mine had to be Ms. Marvel by G. Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfaña on art.
2: That is my consensus pick. Also, I was I was gonna, but then I picked Daredevil because I thought Ms. Marvel got better in future eras, so I saved mm. it. Um, okay, um, I picked I, the
1: Wade Samney Daredevil. Um, that's a really good pick too. I love that book actually. Um, but so I, I used to work at a comic store. I was still um I was not working there by the time All New Marvel now was coming out. Um, but right I was just stopped. Uh, It's around this time that I stopped working there, but um, Mm -hmm. my old boss, Demetrius, who now runs Anyone Comics, which you should order from and help them out because times are tough, um, always used to tell me that every decade we get this one superhero who's the everyman who embodies the spirit of uh, a generation. In the 60s, we got... uh um Peter Parker and in the 90s we got Kyle Rayner and in the 2010s we got Ms Marvel we got Kamala Khan and um mm. I really just feel strongly that she's like cut from the same cloth as all those beloved superheroes who like meant a lot to people growing up and like really represented a, spe- a experience so specific that almost anyone could relate to it and um that book instantly out of the gate for me was like a perfect example of that. kick so much ass, lasted so long, left such an impact. And um, my other favorite thing is Adrian Alfaña uh, was the artist on the original run of Runaways in the very early two mm-hmm. thousands. Mm-hmm. And looking how far his artwork has come, recognizably still the same style, but from Runaways to Ms. Marvel is just like a joy to see somebody get so good at what he does. It's I, every time I see it, I'm just like, wow! I remember when you were just trying this out and it was kind of awkward, and now you're amazing.
2: I think all of the Runaways artists became Ms. Marvel artists, too.
1: Uh, uh, I, think cause, right. cause Leon, I think you're right. Because uh, Nico
2: Leon and Takashi Miyazawa, I Takeshi think, both Miyazawa, made, the, yeah. tra- made,
1: made the transition. Yeah. 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 Um, My personal favorite book from this era is... Um, oh, my goodness. I have to... I know who wrote it, but... um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> You can't remember the book
1: i don't no, I remember the book i don't remember the artist oh, yeah i got it now oh, um, oh, yeah, okay. book is loki agent of asgard um oh, yeah written by al ewing and illustrated by lee garbit um so that's uh, the book where loki's like a teenager now and he's trying to be a good guy superhero but his power is still lying um, <laughs> and he's got a partner who um can uh, always tell if someone's lying or telling the truth like that's her superpower and mm-hmm. um I love this book. A Young Avengers, I was really into when it was coming out, and I was very much in the Kieran Gill and Jamie McKelvey fandom. Loki was Kid Loki was my favorite character in that. I also love Journey into Mystery about Kid Loki. So when H of Asgard came out, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about a, a new version of Loki. And instantly, that was just my favorite book. I never missed an issue. And Al Ewing at the time was kind of an unproven factor to me and proved himself to be actually the most represented writer on my picks today. Mm. Um, I think Al Ewing is probably the uh, unsung hero of the last 10 years of marvel everything he did was phenomenal and um, That's true. he's finally
0: getting finally getting his moment
1: yeah 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 Price which be um and my underrated pick is a weird one again i was trying to go with stuff i thought the two of you specifically wouldn't have read that maybe <laughs> you, you could if you wanted something is yeah. the electra series that came out in 2014 uh, oh i had that uh, on my underrated too Uh, Yes, that's amazing. And Mike Del Mundo. Um, So we should talk about it. Um, Why do you love it, Elias? Why don't you go first?
0: Well, I didn't even know. I didn't even see that. Oh, yeah. So
1: the Electra
2: was uh, from W. Hayden Blackman and Mike Del Mundo. And you know Mike Del Mundo. His ideas are gorgeous. And he
1: brings like a watercolor style. It's Yeah, that
2: watercolor fantasy style to Electra, which is it's so beautiful it, there's this one double page spread where I think she's in front of a mirror, uh, and she just kinda dances across the panels.
1: It's a ballet studio.
2: Yeah, so it's a ballet bar. studio. It's
1: gorgeous,
2: but it also like it captures everything about Electra. There's this this beauty, this grace, and this just deadly sheen. And it's all slightly surreal because of the way Del Mundo draws and colors his art. And Hayden Blackman bring, brings brings I don't know if it's necessarily the best story,
1: but it brings out a lot of what makes Elektra such such an interesting character. Um, And so, I want to—I agree with everything you said, but I want to go to bat for the story because I think uh, Hidden Blackman was doing something that's a little underrated. Oh, okay. Um, because, um, I think with, there's a lot of street level assassin kind of characters mm-hmm. in Marvel or spies or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but they're still in the Marvel universe. And what's interesting is, uh, putting them in like marvel situations. So when you're writing a, uh, Winter Soldier book and you just have like Winter Soldier is fighting some like ex-Soviet agents and they're all dressed wearing baseball caps with no logos or something,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: It's just, that's the most boring thing you could do. And uh, that Electra book made the Marvel Universe feel so cool. Because, like, um, the person who sends her on missions is this, like, this immortal 1920s flapper who's, like, this assassin contract broker. And uh, evidently, she's always existed in the Marvel Universe, and all the assassins always get their jobs for her. They just, like, retcon her in, and she's never appeared since, to my knowledge, and she rules. And um, uh, Electra has to kill a rogue assassin named Cape Crow, Who's like uh, this like weird mystical bird man with this awesome feathery cape and he looks really cool when Del Mundo draws him and just um, you you get that you understand that the people who are the best at what they do in the Marvel Universe even if they're not traditionally superheroes are so freaking weird and mm-hmm. Blackman comes up with all these amazing weird ideas that I would love to see uh, come back in anything. And yeah. he just the the unbridled creativity and the crazy shit he gives Del Mundo to do make this book a totally underrated pick.
2: I think he did the same thing with with J. H. Williams the over on the Batwoman book.
1: Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm.
2: That that's how I found Electra because I saw his name. I'm like, oh, I, I should check this out. Um, but it, it's that it's it's just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful book. Uh, I could stare at it all day. I could stare at all of Del Mundo's art all day. He's one so of my favorites. Before before I just say the same thing seven times, we should move on.
0: Yes. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you. Why don't you? So you you did your underrated the last one. Don't you give your other two? Yeah. There's so not, so my door.
2: consensus pick was the the Wade Samney Daredevil. Um, oh right, yeah. And I don't know who they were following
1: up on. I think they were following up on themselves. Uh, this was yeah, this was the <laughs> second was, uh... of of their work. Daredevil has never really had a bad run. Yeah. Um, or were they? Were they originally, I think they originally followed uh, Bendis and Malieve. No, no, um, no. It was Bendis, Maleev, then Brubaker did the run, which is oh. my favorite. The Brubaker one's my favorite, actually. And then after that, there was the weakest, but still not bad run by uh, Andy Diggle. And mm-hmm. then at the end of Andy Diggle, they explode all of Daredevil. He, like, loses his memories and, like, fakes his own death. And then he comes back in the wade
2: yeah so the weight mm-hmm. one it's one of these classic runs that unfortunately has been collected in such a weird way that it's kind of yeah. hard to exactly find where to start um, but if you can uh just read it all the way through it's a great approach to daredevil that's not as dark as it ever gets but th- there's always that undercurrent of daredevils the, of, the, of the, the like catholic guilt and uh <laughs> and kind of like, like not necessarily punishing himself but guilt and pain as the motivator for what he's doing and how he's doing it and why he lives his life. But while also keeping a lot of the fun and the, the high-flying antics of a guy in a red suit trapezing around New York. Um, so it, it, it hits that right balance between the two and Samney's art really sells it. Honestly, if it has Samney's art, it's going to be great. Uh, even if the story is weak. Which I don't think this one was. It's one of those runs that's pretty definitive for Daredevil, even if it's not necessarily as serious in big air quotes
1: as like the Miller run. I disagree. Um, I think it's just a. I think it's a deconstruction of the self seriousness of those earlier mm-hmm. runs because there's a lot of stuff about it. Um, that's why right. there's all those quotes around it. Well, because yeah, like, well, the, I think the reason it's better than maybe even the Miller run, which I know is a classic, and people mm-hmm. will fight me, and I'll gladly have this talk, is that. Um, a lot of the fun, funny parts are about how he's trying to like cope with his uh, mental health problems in a new mm-hmm. way. And so like all the funny stuff is about his depression, actually. and It's not funny at all. And that's why it makes it so good. It manages to have its cake and eat it, too.
2: Yeah. Mm. Uh, so then, uh, my personal fave was the She-Hulk by Charles Soule and Javier Polito. It ran a criminally underrun 12 issues and should have continued. It's just Jen Walters being a lawyer. It's I I, I picked a very lawyery uh, <laughs> run this time. I did, I did daredevil electro, which is a daredevil character and she, <laughs> um, but she, her, the, the approach is one. That's, I, I guess it's, it's very different from, from what we've seen with, with uh, Jennifer Walters since um, because it's, it's pretty much a slice of life. It's just here's Jen. What, what is she Hulk's life like as a lawyer? Uh, And I I love those kinds of books and it's fairly understated and it helps that Charles soul is an actual lawyer. So he really gets that part of it. Also Um, wrote a good daredevil run about being a lawyer.
1: Yep.
2: Yep. It's not a surprise that he was then put on daredevil. Um, But I think she Hulk. it. I would argue that she Hulk is better, which might also be because it, Ran shorter, and so it didn't necessarily have the time to slowly disappoint as many long runs have the ability to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it was just a really tight story, and the fact that it's only twelve issues um, makes it an easy pick up and read. Um, but I, I think it should have been more. I also had I cheated again on my underrated and put uh, Ellis and Shelby's Moon Knight, specifically just those six issues. Oh yeah, those six issues are unbelievable yeah the great of that entire series the best the best of the three trades uh and it it's a great introduction to who moon knight is and how moon knight thinks and why moon knight is not batman um which is funny (laughs) because warren (laughs) ellis is now writing the batman's grave which
1: wild if moon Knight wanted to be batman he could be batman for a night moon Knight could be whatever he wants that's moon knight that's a good
2: point yeah yeah
1: all right Um, so what kevin what were
2: your picks
0: yeah so my so consensus still Miss Marvel I think also uh for most of the reasons that Jake Jake already pointed out my favorite of the of all-new Marvel now is also Miss Marvel um I think that that Kamala Khan is just like a brilliant character and at least like I know that um I don't know I have like a, I have like a real fondness for I think the first before before Marvel Now 2.0 and Marvel Legacy Kamala Khan stuff because like all those early stories are still so like, like family focused and family centric and like New Jersey um, like is still like sort of a character. And like once like all new, all different Marvel now and, and 2.0 and all that start, like she gets like thrust into like the main, all the different things that are happening in the Marvel universe. And not that like it gets less good. It's just that like the sort of like clearest crispest version of, of who call Khan is, I think is in like the first before it's relaunched period um and so that's also like why it's i think it's it's my favorite too because like it gets bigger and then like wilson is like trying to like do all these tie in things and like it gets a little weaker in civil war Two, and like it's good again at the end like she comes back around but it's like everything that she's doing at the end of the book is like stuff that is kind of like being recycled from this first part of the run and so like, it's it's still so good it's just like not novel
1: and can um, i can like- i add to that it's miraculous yeah. that Kamala Khan works as well as she does because her superpowers, by all accounts, should be like hor- horrific to look at. It's just what a right. creepy power like being a bendy, shape shifting, make your different limbs big and small like that should just look freaky all the time. And it's like a tribute to how good that artwork is that it always looks fun and cartoonation, like a fun power to have and not like
0: body horror. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Um, and my sort of of this is this is gonna be really bad. It's not it, again like the last one. Not like underrated quality wise, but like, uh, you know, when people talk about the era, they don't say like, oh, the, like most of these eras, all the events are bad, but like Secret Wars is like the event, best event that Marvel has published in the last however many years. And so partially because I haven't read as many of the books uh, from Marvel, all new Marvel now, but I think like Secret Wars is, is sort of my, my underrated or like you don't think of a we don't think of events as being good i guess totally Um,
1: secret wars no matter how highly rated it is by most people it's probably still underrated it's that good yeah
0: yeah yeah it's a it's a perfect cap for like the avengers new avengers stuff and even more so than that it's like a great sort of like epilogue for hickman's like fantastic four ff run um which is more so what secret wars is than it is i think like a, a a continuation of of avengers new avengers but it's that's... hickman saying
1: i can do crisis on infinite earths but with marvel characters and better and then pulling it <laughs> off yes
0: yeah and exactly exactly and i think so i think it's i think it's brilliant um a lot of other books of this era so that i sort of had some that i had like on my honorable mention list some that i haven't read but i know are good so like elias he said like the she-hulk book and Moon Knight, mm-hmm. and and jakey said loki um those are on my like oh i know these are the good books of the era and i want to read them uh, Dan Slott and Mike Allred's Silver Surfer I want to rip that one so world. hard
1: That was a really, I almost picked that for all three Of the other categories, Uh that Silver Surfer <laughs> book Is so good It yeah. um, It's Doctor Who essentially Silver Surfer gets like a, a companion And decides yeah. just to take her around the galaxy Together, yeah. and um I hate Doctor Who. I do not care for Doctor Who at all. And this was I was like, oh, do I like Doctor Who? Is that what's happening in this comic? So I think that's a huge (laughs) testament to its quality. All Red's art has never been better, and he gets to draw the most fun stuff he's ever drawn on that uh, Silver Surfer run. And um, in the very first issue, um, the Silver Surfer says he's going to take his companion to see the cosmic rays. She thinks she's going to see lights, and she sees Technicolor stingrays flying through space. And then I was like, this is the best book I've ever read.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, this is the beginning of, of Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman's collaboration on Thor. The so in Avengers now, uh, uh, that's when Thor launches the first Jane Thor book, and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl launches in the All New Marvel Now era. Also.
1: That was another. one. I thought that was going to be somebody's consensus pick, and I'm kind of shocked no, it wasn't. No, 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 no.
0: I haven't read Squirrel. Don't Girl. worry. Um, I'd be ashamed of myself. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do oh, about the rest runner. of the four categories.
2: <laughs> no, what? you can't. There are two more books you we, you got to mention. I gotta mention Watch a bo- book. I gotta Watch mention three books. more books. Right, well, okay, you gotta mention go Black Widow by Edmondson and Noto. I okay. Say what you want to say about that. book. Uh, well, I was just gonna say it's one of the one of those books that I think is worth going back to and, and and kind of reading through. Um, it sets the stage for for Wade and Sam. I think it's Wade and Samney's Black Widow afterwards. Yeah, we're gonna talk um, about Wade and Samney. Unfortunately, I don't actually remember much about the story of that. I just remember Phil Noto's art, so it might have been pretty terrible. And it's I horrific. I. Uh,
1: Edmondson uh is like very conservative and that comes through very strongly in that Black Widow book. It's pretty ah. upsetting, I think.
2: Yeah. I, I regi- only remember Phil oh, Noto's art, so I may have to check that one out. And then uh All New Dupe because all new <laughs> dupe.
1: <laughs> all new dupe is good. Gotta um, dupe, got a dupe. I'm sorry, I, I didn't
0: mean to cut you all off. Go ahead.
1: And yeah. I wanted to add as my um honorable mentions, um All New Ghost Rider uh mm. by um I, I wanna Felipe get the Smith? Felipe Smith and. Um, I think I drew it, it too. Tradmore, thank you. Tradmore is on the tip of my tongue. By Tradmore and Felipe Smith, uh, that's the one that introduces um, Robbie Reyes for the first time. I thought I didn't like that creative team before I read that book, and then I was like, oh, I'm stupid. This is the coolest creative team, and that book is super fun and a great ghostwriter book. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned uh, Silver Surfer. We mentioned Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. We mentioned Moon Knight. But two that we didn't mention are Captain America and the Mighty Avengers by Al Ewing with uh, Luke <laughs> Ross on art. Another Al Ewing one. Uh, that's just like a really fun street-level Avengers books with a weird cast. And Ewing ends up um, working them into a lot of his stuff. And um, just like – it was almost my underrated pick. is really good. But the one mm. that's the most underrated from this era besides that Electra book is – uh, the Fantastic Four series by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk. Um, really? A totally forgotten uh, Fantastic Four run. It uh, runs for 12 issues, and it's like a perfect 12 issues. It tells a really uh, self-contained story. It introduces a cool new villain who I really liked, and then it was done. And um, it's had no impact on anything outside of itself, and I like James Robinson. And I think this is one of his stronger Marvel works. Mm-hmm.
0: That was because I... I haven't read that one. Like I know that James Robinson's like good cause Starman and things and, and, right. and you can't, you can't write from multiversity and not hear about Starman. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but like all of like Robinson's more recent, like in the last couple of years stuff, like when he's gone back to DC, I'm like, this is all garbage, but uh, <laughs> it's cool that that fantastic. Book. I thought you were going to say that because the other book, I think that, that I've seen people uh, call out from this era is the Cullen Bunn, Gabriel Hernandez Walden Magneto book.
1: Um, um, I have been meaning to revisit that I was not enjoying it when it came out And now I can't re- I can't, for the life of me tell you why um, So okay. I need to go back and check it out I like uh, one of those guys a lot And one of those guys sometimes Yep, yep That's, yeah <laughs> That's accurate uh, uh, wait, The listeners wait. guess which is which
0: It's not a hard guess Okay, <laughs> uh, we're going right. to take a quick break uh, Listen to a commercial, hear some shit We'll come back, we're going to tackle the rest of these four uh, So we'll see you in a moment subscribe Subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we're back. Uh, We're going to continue where we left off. We're going to start with uh, the all-new, all-different Marvel Now era of Marvel Comics, which ran October 2015 to late 2016. Um, And so we'll keep going like we were. So Jake, give us your consensus pick.
1: Um, I think my consensus pick is very consensus-y, so I'm curious if I'm the only one who picked it. Uh, But that would have to go to Vision by Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. That was also my consensus pick.
2: And mine as well. We got our first consensus.
1: Consensus. It's a funny consensus pick, too, because um, Tom King is the number one most discussed creator on the Multiversity uh, Slack chat. We all have a lot of opinions on Tom King. Um, they're wild and passionate, uh, but I think Vision is uh, his work that holds up the best. I've returned to it a couple of times. I think it's just like um, easily his best mm-hmm. and most approachable
2: work. This, this was mm-hmm. the. This is one of the only Tom King books I can unequivocally just recommend with no caveats. Um, yeah, possibly Omega Men, uh, but I haven't. I don't have as. as uh, a clear picture for that run. Uh, and I haven't read Sheriff of Babylon, so I can't really speak to that, but I like so Sheriff of Babylon, let's say, but... let's say of his, yeah. of his, uh, of his superhero works, the vision is by far and away his best. And I really do wish I had, we had seen whatever his next arc was going to be because he had plans for more. And the only reason he stopped was because he got the Batman job and the exclusive contract over at DC. If oh, he hadn't been given Batman, yeah, he would have continued the Vision.
1: I'm happy uh, Vision ended where it did, though. It's like yes. uh, yeah. it's like Jimi Hendrix had never recorded a bad song.
2: Yes. Yeah. I I am really curious what it would have looked like, but I am glad that what we got was so good. And it's 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 Tom King taking all of his Tom Kingisms and making them work. It I I don't know. I I think the the idea. Is such a strange one, but also perfectly fits the characters he picked. I think that's why it works so well because it's it's just a setup f- that you can do so much with. Uh, so for those who haven't read it, the basic premise is the Vision wants to know what it's like to have a family, so he settles down in the suburbs, builds himself he goes full, a he nuclear goes full family,
0: data and just hmm? you know, full data. data Full data.
2: Yeah, full data. Builds himself a, a nuclear family, 1950s uh, style. And then it all falls apart, and you're just, and you are taken on a ride of watching it collapse in on itself in just the most deliciously dramatic way. Every issue, you're just on the edge of your seat going, What's going to happen next? Who are, how are they going to get out of this? Are they going to get out of this? And, it's a question of what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to have these relationships? What would you do for family? What should you do for family? It's so well crafted.
1: And existential existential too. Like it's not just a, yeah, because it's it's questions like um, if you simulate the feeling of love um, because you program it mathematically, is that any less than a naturally occurring random feeling of love? And like it asks all these like crazy existential like uh, questions you're getting on like Westworld and shit, but I think a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Of the of the the like So I I think King's Batman run is like horrendous and terrible.
1: But <laughs> I probably am uh, the softest towards it of the people on this in this conversation. I think there's a lot of really good stuff in it. One but day I think I am there's going like a, to I go think there's a issue by issue back through it.
0: Issues. Um but like holistically, I think it's bad. But like most, like all of King's sort of like twelve issue series things that he's done um, have been really, really good. Uh, and like that's between... not true. <laughs> really? Not,
1: oh yeah. Oh well. It didn't well, reach twelve issues. Oh no. Well,
0: here's a crisis. Not not twelve issues. Like here's nine issues. Is I bad. thought you
1: meant uh, approximately like twelve.
0: No, no, I meant like the the planned out. Which I thought Vision was like one of the planned out twelve issue things because that's what sheriff of babylon was and omega men i think could have gone on longer uh, i mean like of uh, because people like lumped sheriff and omega men in this book all together in some sort of like weird and mr miracle
1: kind of although elias doesn't like mr miracle but i love it it's my favorite thing you ever uh, king you ever gonna off. Like.
0: i think i i'm with elias i think mr miracle is overrated but Oof, um, we'll talk about that on a uh, dc
1: podcast
2: one day one day
0: i would be happy be happy to be happy to voice that anyway uh i think like vision between vision and omega-man those are like they're my favorite because i think that um the like sort of deeper kinds of like existential questions that mr miracle i mean mr miracle is like more about depression than it is about sort of like the the angst of like what it means to try to be human i think which is like a lot of what vision is and then omega-man is just about you know what if not what if what if the war in iraq happened in space but um (laughs) Uh, but like, I think, and it just ends with a William James quotes every issue because I guess, you know, King's a pragmatist, whatever. Anyway. Um, but like, I think, I don't know. I think like vision really distills like a lot of those deep questions that like are the highlights of King's work, um, in everything that he writes, you know, questions about like mental health and, and anxiety and, um, and like those questions about humanity and how to, how to reconcile all those different things into some sort of whole, Um, I think it really comes, really comes across here. It is a weird consensus pick though, because it's, um, because King is the most contentious
1: figure in all of comics to us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, like, I think this is the only thing that really he's ever written in Marvel and it's not a, it wasn't like a, it was like a high profile book. Of the time and like uh people thought it was good but it wasn't like a like a bestseller or anything and
1: i don't that's not um, true i wanted to had many um the issues had went into many print runs um they started doing that was when they started doing the director's cut issues where they would do these, oh like, that's true um they they knew they were getting a lot of critical praise and they were writing that and they turned it into sales in this way where a lot of comic sales is bullshit numbers anyway but um <laughs> yeah. they pushed it yeah. really hard and they kept on selling their print runs and that's kind of proof that if you believe in a book enough and you promote it they're in the right way you can make just about any book sell um yeah, yeah. but they don't choose meant, to do that with I'm, certain creators
0: i meant it wasn't like a like a ventures level tier or like the like highest of profile marvel books kind of tier level of like upselling of that's all and like of the books of of the books of like this because we've talked about like the eras kind of are telling one sort of holistic story like this is like a, almost like a side a side thing that happens. Um,
1: well, this is almost like a throwback. It felt a lot to me like Hawkeye and some other picks that are going to happen later on this list of just like yeah. something that immediately had its own tone and identity. And so um, they just knew they were cooking with gas. So they just let the creator run wild with it. And mm-hmm. then land mm-hmm. them in.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, that's in- that's good though. That w- that's interesting though that we all had our consensus. Our, this is our consensus. I don't think that our favorites are going to be Similar um, promise you um, my find
1: out. I promise you my next two won't be on either of your lists. All right.
0: Will you go first then Jake?
1: Okay. So my personal fave from this era, there was a lot of things that were in the running for this, but I ended up going with X-Men 92 written by Chris (laughs) Sims and Chad Bowers and drawn by Scott Koblish. Uh, So if you don't know X-Men 92, it was called that because it legally couldn't be called the continuation of the Saturday morning X-Men cartoon by Fox uh, kids. Uh, But that's what it is. And it's um, a Chris Sims for people who aren't aware is a comics journalist, uh, mostly, um, and uh, one with a uh, past full of controversies. But I uh, rather like him. I love his work um, and I like his presence. I think he's turned into a cool dude. And uh, before he wrote this comic, he was doing uh, very angry recaps where he was watching the original X-Men animated series and realized that he hated it. I think (laughs) Uh, so. He wrote these insane recaps and that somehow led to him getting to write a comic book sequel to this show that he wrote negative reviews of for five years. Um, And this comic book is hilarious. It really captures um, the nineties of the original animated show. But the brilliance of it is he starts taking in disparate elements from X-Men comics that are very um, not nineties, not that and tries to make them work in with the, with the tone. So, like, uh, he takes in villains that hadn't been invented yet in 92, like uh, Cassandra Nova, who was introduced in uh, Grant Morrison's X-Men in 2001. And then he's like, what would the uh, the kid cartoon 90s version of Cassandra Nova be like? And the answer is ridiculous. Or he brings in uh, Dracula, who was a big X-Men villain in the 60s, which we talked about on our last episode. And uh, he was like, what would 90s cartoon Dracula be? And um, I an unapologetic like 90s nostalgia nut and it's so funny just what a great idea i want this treatment to be given to every uh franchise hmm. the mountain yeah. dew radical uh neon backwards baseball cap version of every superhero comic
0: <laughs> i i haven't read it i need to because chris he was a one of them was was a multi is a alum
1: too alum i right? believe chad bowers okay yeah chad bowers before my time but that's yes
2: cool. yeah well that's cool well before <laughs>
0: Yeah, well before, well before, uh, dope. Elias, your fave?
2: My fave, no surprise, Moon Knight by Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood and a host of other artists. What
1: I I haven't read this one. I've I always knew I should.
2: You are missing out on just an amazing run. Uh, it's I loved what Ellis did. I think what Lemire did with Moon Knight might be my favorite. Um. Of all of the Moon Knights I've read, I haven't read a lot of classic Moon Knight. Like I read the Bendis Maliev stuff. I read, you know, the Ellis Bun Wood that 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 thing that thing that happened in Marvel now, Uh, and then the Lemire Smallwood and and the uh, run that shall not be named. Um, (laughs) But the this one, it's it takes the approach of. I guess, artist first um, in a way that a lot of Marvel books and DC books don't uh, because it features many of these issues feature three, four, five artists on them, but each artist has a very distinct purpose for being in there. And they each uh, talk to a different tone and space that other, you know, other books just don't do. They just have the regular rotation. Uh, But here it's very deliberate and it's very meaningful and it's getting kind of at, well, who is not necessarily Mark Specter or Moon Knight or any of his other alters? It's what is, what do do, do these uh, relationships mean to each other? What do they What do they all think about each other, and what is their relationship to Conshu, the deity that supposedly gave them the powers of Moon Knightness? That's one of those things that's never really clear. I don't think in any <laughs> other runs of what is his. What is his power? Uh, vaguely, possibly racist tomb robbing gave him powers, uh, but he runs around beating up people with moon shaped crescents with his moon mobile. Um, hey, you
0: know, like sometimes colonialism grants yeah, you
2: powers, but th- this not- one doesn't really dwell on that and dwells more inside the 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 ideas and and thoughts of
1: Mark and Moon Knight and, and all of his whole cast of characters in history. I'm intrigued. It's always been something I meant to read, and you're giving me the push I might have needed, so I'm going to check that one out. And no, it's I've never fairly read self-contained. i Moon
0: Knight comic, so I really, I really need to get in on that, too. The best I, part...
2: Like
1: about Moon Knight is there's no bad place to start because it's all uh, complete nonsense. I mean, there's bad runs, but there's no... like You could start anywhere in the middle of it and you won't oh, have yeah. missed a, a step because mm. he's got like memento disease where he's always waking up and he's like, who am I today? And he has no fucking clue. So any yeah. issue of Moon Knight, he's just as confused about the, his continuity as you are, so you're yeah. never at a disadvantage. I don't know. Oh, good, okay.
2: Yeah, I never quite know. So, so Mark Spector has DID, um, and I don't Sometimes, know how... So, oh god, you're right. Uh, but I, like, I don't know exactly how well necessarily that part is handled from from like a mental health perspective. Like, you for the most part, it's never really handled. It's all a Jackalope well.
1: thing. It's not a real. Uh, I feel story. like you know,
0: yeah. if there's racist tomb robbing, there's probably not tasteful uh, portrayals. Of well, it's people not racist tomb help.
2: robbing. It's just it's as racist as any tomb robbing is. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: no no but, but he's the got phrase tomb robbing in and of itself is probably, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah. He, he's got multiple personalities and um early in the run of moon then, like the 70s they tried to keep track of them and they're like he's got like four personalities and one of them is a billionaire mm. and one of them is a cab driver and one of them is a little girl or whatever um and then, uh, just different. And then, when Bendis took over, being Bendis, he decided to disregard continuity. So, he said that Moon Knight's other personalities were Spider Man, Captain America, and Wolverine, who all look oh, in yeah, his head he and tell him to do stuff, mostly yeah. involving <laughs> duct taping knives to his hands and stabbing people because Wolverine <laughs> told him to. Um, and that run was also actually brilliant, one of my favorite Bendis comics. And um, then, after that, it was just like free reign. And everyone who wrote Moon Knight was just like, he's whatever we want him to be today. And it's always just batshit.
2: This this gets back to more of that '70s idea, Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. All right, that's dope. Um, So I have two for my uh, favorite because they're like I think the high like for me the highlights of the era. Uh, The first one is uh, Jason Aaron and Chris Bachlo's Doctor Strange run, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um, which almost almost could have been one of my under like underrated picks, but. um because nobody talks nobody talks about it um that's true and all yeah and i think it was my favorite thing to come out of all new all different Marvel. so like um it's like weird as like all good dr strange books are but it's like a lot more grounded it's it's like what if um what if like like aaron like introduces the idea that like magic has a cost which is not something that had been i think he in all the interviews that are like at the time like made it seem like that wasn't a concept that was really in the marvel universe um and so he does that but then there's like these uh aliens or like higher dimensional beings or whatever that like kill all of the like sorcerer supremes from all the different other all the different other like earths of the multiverse or whatever um like all these other planets and they come to like earth because it's like earth's time to like get their magic taken away from or whatever and so like it's a far more like grounded dr strange where he's like not doing all the like Heavy sort of um like dictatorial sort of cosmic stuff that he's doing, and in like Hickman's Avengers, New Avengers stuff, but he's like has an axe and like <laughs> you know has to like fend for himself in like a different kind of way. just like like Dr. like Stephen Strange, like when he's pushed to an edge, and and to Aaron introduces um uh Zelma Stanton into the book, and she's one of the characters that when we talked about Strange Academy, um like two episodes ago she's the character in that book and, and she's a uh, uh introducing this run mm-hmm. and bakalo just makes the whole thing like look like gorgeous i think this is like the last book that bakalo did where like he was consistently on every issues it was delayed a little bit but like he illustrated most most of the like 20 issue run fraser irving did a couple issues which is yeah. a great a great felon um he just like utilizes because like the beings like suck magic out of the world he uses like lies all the like white space of like a comic book page really really well and there's just like a lot of really great pages of um which are like are just like mostly blank but like are still weird he goes uh, to
2: reality beautifully yeah and negative yeah.
1: space no one does negative
0: space better than Bacalo. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah agreed so there's that one and then the the first 12 issues of ta n and brian still and chris browses black panther run um mm. Is the first twelve issues are the best issues of the run, in my opinion? Because it continues, it's still continuing. I mean, like, or the coast is still writing the book, um, and it's going to end. Yeah, the time of recording is going to wrap up soon. Yeah, um, it's but those, like, oh, go
1: ahead. Just, your picks are funny, Kevin, because uh, I was looking at them, and um, I know that those are really well regarded. But personally, I don't care for either of them, and I just I like hearing why you like them. You have very good takes.
0: Oh, <laughs> really? You've read you've read both them, and you don't you don't much. Care for either
1: of um, the Doctor Strange one? I think is a weird fit. I like the the Hickman one you were talking about, and I, I even like old Doctor Strange. Um, yeah, I like the the best Doctor Strange ever is uh, the um, the uh, Mike McNola Doctor Strange, which I believe we've talked mm-hmm. about on the show before. Um, I, but I just thought Jason Aaron was a weird fit. I didn't like this range with an axe as much. Um, and <laughs> just, which is weird because that seems like it's my brand, but um, I like it when he's like just like wearing a bathrobe and flying through the galaxy, dealing with problems that most people couldn't even comprehend. Um so grounding him was just like a weird move to me. And then Tanasi Coates, i um I like him, but I felt like um his comics have been hit or miss for me um, because he's very loquacious and he's not a very great scriptor. Um, and I thought those mm. early Black Panther issues were his biggest um his biggest problem area because i he was really learning the ropes then he was like starting pretty fresh in the medium. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I have to they echo were, that.
0: I thought the like the first the first two issues, um, were just like very eloquent. Like I think this is, this is like a yeah, yeah. And this is like I think a, a personal thing, I guess for me, um, because I I I get into these discussions with like with people where they're like, oh yeah, I don't think it like flows as a comic or whatever, and like a lot of books that I really enjoy of like the Marvel books of the last few years have been ones where they brought in like people who are not comic book writers Mm -hmm. uh, or have not been doing it for very long or hadn't been doing it at all to then do things. And like, I think that the work that they do is like really, really incredible just because like, I like the things that they have to say. And so maybe like more so that's why I think that what coats, what coats does on, on the book is, is I just like I like, like I like the arc of it and I like the the like the ideas that are there. And, the ideas and are
1: unimpeachable and the um yeah. the politics are really smart. Like it just you can see that his back it's so clear to me that his background is in essay writing because um, yeah. he's, there's like a yeah. great essay in there and like a pretty subpar superhero punch him up to tell the essay. Yeah. Right. And... Right. Right. And partially is also because it, it's so dense, but not
2: just like word dense, like a Bendis mm-hmm. comic, it's <laughs> idea dense. So you read it yeah, and reading yeah. it issue by issue is painful or it was painful. Those first yeah. couple trades, I couldn't do it issue by issue. I tried. I started with the first couple. I'm like, this is really good, but I and have to wait. Me. So I, I switched to reading and trades. And that solved a lot of my problems with ta Coates' Black Panther run early on, because it also mm-hmm. takes him a while to develop his arguments. So you get yeah. to the end, and you're like, oh, okay, now I see all of... Because it is so... Layered, he really layers these arguments and these philosophical debates. And what does it mean to be a king? Who, like, what does it mean to be a nation? And then, what does it mean to be a monarchy in an era of democracy? Uh, and and all of that. And it's such an interesting approach, also to Wakanda and Wakanda's mm-hmm. speech in the Marvel Universe especially coming off of the mess that secret wars left us in continuity wise, because technically it had been destroyed and attacked by Atlantis, but it also hadn't been destroyed and attacked by Atlantis and sure he was dead, but also not dead. And so he had to like untangle this web and Gordian knot that Hickman left him with. And he did it in such a, such a great way. And I, I don't know how many people, I don't know if we're going to get to it, but the 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 current stuff with the intergalactic empire of wakanda everyone's like what the fuck wakanda in space and i think it's been a really interesting uh, it's been a fantastic approach to the same kinds of themes of well what happens when the the nation and the things you think you stand for become the enemy and i feel like it's a response to secret empire in this, in the way that Spencer wanted to approach similar ideas, but wasn't very successful.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's true too. I'm I'm not as caught up on the the current arc. Um, I don't own a lot of like trades or hardcovers, or things, But like the only Marvel hardcover that I own is the first twelve issues of of Codes is Run because uh, I just think it's I think it's it's that good, and I like I like sort of like the the heady the heady I, 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 idealism stuff or whatever, or heady ideas or whatever in it. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, those, I think those are just, like, the kinds of comics that, like, I I enjoy. I either, like, need it to be really, really dumb, or I need it to be, like, like a Hickman-Coates kind of thing, I guess. <laughs> um, right. um, These are good takes.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I have a dissenting opinion. I'm glad you like what you like. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah. I appreciate
0: it. Um, Underrated. Alize. Your, uh, yeah, we'll go. Did you? You did your. Yeah, we'll go to the underrated one. So Alex, you can go. You can go first. Oh,
2: underrated. I hands down Howard the Duck. Not <laughs> enough people talk about this damn run, and it is the best. I loved every issue of this. It's this great self-contained narrative. It was planned out, maybe not planned out, but it ended where Zdarsky and Quinone wanted it to end, and. It's fantastic. And if you liked Dial H for Hero, or you like any of Zadarski's more comedic works, read Howard the Duck because it's got the same level of emotional, you know, precision as uh, like his, his Spider-Man Life story and whatnot, with the just sheer wild abandon of sex criminals under a Marvel mm-hmm. banner, so no sex criminals. Well hopefully <laughs> no sex criminals. no no, no sex. <laughs>
1: No, sex. Yeah.
2: It yeah. also features the best panel of Spider Man crying over Aunt May
1: ever. <laughs> Aunt May is a is a trip in that series. Oh, I love it.
2: <laughs> oh, it uh, also crosses over with Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl and She Hulk. And and She Hulk. So that's that's how you know it's good. It's way good. <laughs> good pick. Good pick.
0: Yeah. I'd forgotten about I forgotten about Howard the Duck. Uh uh, Jake, your your underrated
1: pick. Okay, my underrated pick is Contest of Champions, uh, written by Al Ewing and drawn by Paco Medina. This fucking comic is a tie-in to a stupid cell phone game, which I've played a little bit of. Um, <laughs> and th- you have never read a better cell phone, co- uh, cell phone game comic adaptation. I can promise you that. Um, so it's Injustice for Marvel? Yeah, but it's like dumber injustice. So, <laughs> doing, so it takes place after Secret Wars, and Battle World has been vacated, and everyone's back in the Marvel Universe, and mm-hmm. um, the the maestro so the future genius hulk and the collector the the villain scene in the guardians of the galaxy movies are basically um create a game and the game is the rules to the cell phone game you have to like make characters fight each other one on one and they do this by going to the shattered remains of battleworld and finding just like refugees from various marvel realities and putting them in cages and then making them fight one on one fights to the death um and it works exactly like the stupid cell phone game but it's like a genius stupid comic and ewing has such fun pulling like weird deep cut characters or characters that had never appeared in comics that he invented or characters that were like exclusive cell phone game characters that then got added to the comics and um what a trip just and like it works on video game logic it's so fun and funny underrated book
0: is that when he introduces
1: or the game introduces that like iso 8 stuff um and then- I'm embarrassed to tell you I've played a lot of stupid Marvel cell phone games, and uh, <laughs> ISO-8 is actually um, present in all of them since the 2012 Avengers movie tie-in game that was originally a Facebook exclusive and then what? later released for Android phones. That was oh where they God. introduced okay. ISO-8. Yeah, I fucking rolled deep okay. Marvel. Well, cause,
0: okay, so this ties in, too, because my, my underrated pick from All Know All Different is, is Al Ewing and Kenneth Rockerford's Ultimates book. Good pick. Um, which also has, I think, things to do with with Contest of Champions. Not that it ever ties into it, but like it has, like ISO eight in it, because like it's picking up after Secret Wars and talking about like now we're in the eighth iteration of the Marvel Universe or stuff like stuff that he's like exploring fuller now in like Immortal Hulk or whatever. Um, I think Rockefeller is a brilliant artist and like a, like just like a weird funky artist. Uh, I love <laughs> Galactus as a life bringer. Uh, I wish that I wish that would have stuck around for longer, but uh, you know, gotta gotta shove some things into big events. Um,
1: Specifically, that book I would recommend to um, there I'm sure I'm like this. I'm I'm sure you guys are like this. I'm sure there's people like this who um Mm -hmm. love going on the Wikipedia pages and just being like, so who's the most powerful god in the Marvel universe? Or just like. (laughs) Who was the first being in existence in the cosmology of Marvel? When you just have these like big existential questions, uh, mm-hmm. doing answers to those questions because he's like is looking into all these weird back issues, and that's what Ultimates is all about. Is it's like pushing the story and the universe to its limits and exploring what's out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. I and mean, also, like the cast of characters too is great. Like, like Blue Marvel and like Monica Rambo and um, America, America Chavez, Chavez and Black Panther. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh I just like I've le- he he elevated like some of those characters that um haven't been able to like be on their own like it's like in the in the modern area like like I think like he did between him and and what Kelly Thompson did in West Coast Avengers, like that's the best like america America Chavez has been um in like well young Avengers, but uh, <laughs>
1: she's had a good run actually.
0: She's had a good run, I guess. Uh but like I thought like what he did with like Monica Rambo and Blue Marvel would be really cool too. Um And yeah, I just think it's like a, it's like a brilliant answers, all those big heady questions, uh, kind of book again, like continuing, continuing the theme. Um, The other one on, so on my like honorable mention list uh, is, and I'll, I mentioned this, the, the Chris Samney, uh, Mark Wade Black Widow run, which Mm -hmm. was basically Uh, just like,
1: it's the, uh, oh no, you did say it right. You have to say Chris Samney's name first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Basically. It was, okay, y'all did Daredevil. What do you want to do? And Mark Wade's like, Sammy, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do Black Widow. And Mark's like, okay, you're like on your own, basically. I'll like be your editor. Yeah, there's
1: um, no words in it. It's all action.
0: Yeah, there's like, yeah, hardly, hardly any dialogue. It's brilliant. Um, and it looks gorgeous. Uh, the, um, and I know she's controversial now, but the Chelsea Kane, uh kate meme mockingbird short miniseries from all new all different it wasn't supposed to
1: be a miniseries that's on my list as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> the oh, dennis hope what is javier rodriguez spider woman stuff
1: oh um, yeah that's about. a very important comic to a lot of people i know that's like a very uh formative and entry-level comic that's the one where mm-hmm. she's pregnant and then where she's a single mom mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah yeah and then the uh, uh david walker stanford green power man and iron fist oh run.
1: that's also on my list
0: uh are there any that we didn't get to?
1: Yes. On, there, yeah. Do you have Jake, allies? Go uh, no, 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 You go first. I've got two on my list that we haven't mentioned. So I I echo uh pretty much everything you just said. Those were all great picks. Um I also uh Karnak, uh the series written oh, yeah. by uh Warren Ellis was just like a nuts Warren Ellis series. It was he picked the weirdest possible character. If you're unfamiliar, Karnak's superpower is he can see the flaw in any uh, person or building or uh, item or plan. He just sees flaws and everything. And Warren Ellis just like has a lot of fun with that. And it's really cool. And it's a good Warren Ellis book. Um, and also there was a little X-Men book in this era. It was all new X-Men volume two by Dennis uh, Hopeless at the time. Now Dennis Halem with Mark Bagley on art. And um mm. This was the first time anybody besides Bendis had gotten to write the um original 5 X-Men kids uh, time traveling into the present which god I hate having to describe that to people who don't know what that is just what a <laughs> what a compl- an unnecessarily complicated uh, idea with such little uh to show for it just like such so little impact for so much complexity this was the yeah. only thing i really ever liked that was done with the, those kids um they're on a road trip and they're just trying not to give a shit about the greater x-men conflict and they're with them is uh genesis aka evan sabinor aka kid apocalypse and um Oya, aka idiot and they're just all on a bus together and they're like on a road trip and they go on crazy adventures and it's just like a nice character piece of a bunch of like young mutant characters in the world and um at the time that was like a breath of fresh air and um, really made me appreciate those creators.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The other one, the other book I just remember too, and it may come up in one of the next two eras, because I don't think it's as good in this era, but uh, all new Wolverine begins in the all new, all different era. Too, um, that's going to be a big
1: pick for me later. So hold on to that. <laughs> thought. Yeah. Uh,
0: Elias, did you have?
1: Yeah, I had um,
2: all new Hawkeye, which I don't, it's not necessarily the best that ha- I was uh Jeff Lemire written. Um, and I really liked it. It was had the unenviable task of following up on uh Fra- Fraction and Aya's uh, Hawkeye run. And it's a lot more understated. It's kind of melancholy. It's very, I don't, I, I guess the best word to, word to describe it would be like pastoral, but not in the, oh, everything's great pastoral, but like, you're walking through a field and you kinda of, there's this this undercurrent of just sadness. Pastoral and...
1: melancholy. I've read that series, yeah. really captures it actually. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> uh
2: and yeah, but I I really liked it. Uh but I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's like up there, up there. I I think it's worth a worth a read though. Um and then mm-hmm. this is also the era where where Spider Gwen began. Not began, Uh, because it began pre-Secret Wars, but I think this was kind of its best era, uh, the the early reboot before it really got bogged down in its own uh, attempts at continuity and whatnot. Um, And I reviewed enough of the later spider gwen stuff (laughs) so i don't need to talk about that now Um, Uh, that run
1: of spider gwen is extremely good it was it it uh, is extremely
2: good but but i I do think punk rock
1: vibe that early run that starts right here this is the best of it
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Mm uh and then Mm -hmm. i also had weird world even though i the plot of the weird world ongoing which would became a mini was not very good unfortunately i'm sorry to say humphries but it just never really cohered but more Mike Del Mundo's art. You can't say no to Mike Del Mundo's art and the original miniseries in Secret Wars was just mm, beautiful.
0: <laughs> nice. Great picks. Um, uh, okay, Marvel Now 2.0. Oh, uh, oh,
2: we would also be remiss if we didn't say anything about any of the Angela series. Read them. I haven't read them, so I didn't recommend any of them, but I think a lot of people would really get it, would really enjoy those.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that that starts in that the, starts yeah before... the the final
2: one is in was in the the all new all different era and then okay she basically is gone until As Guardians of the Galaxy. Womp 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 womp. Uh,
0: yeah yeah well no because she then she gets into Bendis's Guardians of Guardian regular Guardians of the Galaxy book and
2: oh yeah he, she... ru-
0: he ruins it it's bad <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway moving anyway, on <laughs> okay marvel now 2.0 um jake what is the marvel now 2.0 consensus pick
1: so this is a tough one i have this is one of the categories uh, this is one of the eras that i have the most picks for and i had a tough time picking a consensus actually because so much of the good mm-hmm. stuff is so weird in this era but i yeah. think if there's gonna be a consensus pick it's gotta be runaways by rainbow rowell and art by chris anka okay
0: okay sorry that's on that's on my list. It's not my consensus but that's my 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 favorite pick of of the
2: era. Yeah, but, this is going to
1: uh, be the messiest of the uh of the eras that we're talking about, I think. Just like there's no coherence to it. The events were bad, the weirder stuff yeah. was good, and the the there was not like a the status quo was boring and destructive. So it's a real weird aimless <laughs> couple of years for Marvel. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Cuz I was cause my the one I picked for the consensus pick was 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 mighty Thor which was Aaron and Dotterman's. Cause oh. this is, I, although, cause that's where I thought that y'all were going to pick. Cause I don't think that there is like a, a of the like quote unquote main titles, uh, except for Thor, like all, all of them are, are like bad in this period.
2: Hey, squirrel girl um, was still like, running.
0: I mean like, but like all the like, like, you know, not like, like, like Iron Man's bad in this period. Oh, like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Nazi, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. I just mean like the, the not like the movie characters or whatever, like Fantastic all of those Four were still gone, really X Men were yeah. still
2: pretty much done. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but what did you what did you pick for you the consensus one?
1: Elias,
2: I picked Black Bolt.
1: I picked that uh... for my personal fave. I didn't realize people had read that. I talk about oh, it all
2: I, the time, dude. I reviewed the, it, right? I reviewed the like, first six issues for, for Multiversity, I, I reviewed them too.
1: <laughs> oh, they were great, yeah but uh, By Saladin Ahmed and Kristen Ward. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful series. Yeah. Just read it. No nothing about it. Character. Just enter and read it.
1: Um, making making Black Bolt in a solo weird book is a great idea because um he's so tied down by his larger conflicts that aren't – isn't that interesting? So, like, this book puts him in a space jail with the absorbing man, and everything about it is just fuck weird – and that's what Black Bolt should be. The weirder the better with Black Bolt. It's I would, uh, I would put it with Elias's Moon Knight picks of just like awesome weirdness. Crusher Creel made me cry. Crusher Creel regularly makes me cry. If you don't know that, you're not a real Crusher fan.
0: Yeah, you're not crushing it. Uh, <laughs> right, what um, were your
2: personal faves?
0: My w- run was Runaways. What was your?
2: Oh, yours was also. And
1: Runaways. mine was Black
0: Bolt. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: mine, mine
1: yeah. was Squirrel I saw, Girl. I,
0: okay okay i'm surprised that um because like this is the thing that, that that i think is like so weird that like runaways started in like the marvel now 2.0 era and it's like the only book from that era that's that's still going yeah it's um, been
1: going a really long time actually yeah yeah and it's it, never
0: like has it been relaunched or anything like it's still no the same it numbering. did get
2: it did get legacy numbering um but, no it didn't
1: it was the one book that oh didn't no you're like, right it like, was yeah. the
2: one that didn't get it i bet yeah. Raoul was like, no put it in small print
1: i bet ralus strikes me as very gentle i'm sure she was just like uh they were like hey do you want legacy number and she's like i'm not sure about all that if please and thank you and then yeah um, yeah yeah.
2: i would argue her first arc is not the strongest
1: no her first arc is not the strongest but um i love her as a writer i'm a fan of her novels Mm -hmm. and um Mm -hmm having her just like writing dialogue was just like electrifying, even mm-hmm. though she had some of those growing pains that we described with the um, non-comics people coming into comics. And yeah. then once um, she got to the arc where they're at Molly's grandma's house and she's like doing evil genetic experiments on cats, I was like, Oh, this is going to rule. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, I think I agree. Like every what's come, like what's come after has been better, but like all of, all of having Chris Anka on art is a blessing.
1: Yeah, and this is that's uh, some of Chris Onco, My favorite Anka work is in that book.
0: Same, same, same. Elias, what was your your favorite pick?
2: My my personal fave, I think this was the era where Squirrel Girl. The, this was like oh, where I so really yeah. loved Squirrel Girl. I loved it the whole time, but we've got we got past like the the early issues which were very good, but we've kind of they kind of found the groove and started trying some new weirder things. I think this is also the era where we had the romance comic or, or the romance cover, which was just.
1: With with Mole Man so and he wants to make her his Mole Mam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there was that. Yeah, I think that was. I don't know
2: if he, Mole Man was on the cover. It was drawn like a, you know, shirtless pex Man, and then Doreen's just <laughs> sitting there staring at a book, very confused.
1: Yeah, Squirrel it's Girl was good in this era. I think I think it's
2: wishes. Squirrel Girl, Girl twenty
1: fifteen B, <laughs> number eight or whatever oh my god kill the numbering but yeah that series kill the so numbering yeah. kill it yeah only kill series
0: we twice in the in the same year
2: oh uh, poor uh, squirrel girl
0: poor squirrel um okay under underrated picks and i think uh i'll go first because my i think like i almost put this as my favorite one but I, I i think it's it is like severely underrated and it's like one of my favorite marvel books of all time and that's the the Jeremy Whitley Elsa Chartier, Unstoppable Wasp run that starts in this era. Oh it's I love that years one. Years. I
1: forgot about that run. That's that's such a good it's run. It's so
0: good. It's so good. That's like my my go-to like feel good, feel good book. I've read it a bunch of times. Um, the relaunch in in Fresh Start is okay. Guru Hero is a great artist, but I think like especially like um like last couple issues which like deal with all the continuity stuff um, are just like make me ball. And uh, the way that, that Whitley like deals with mental health and deals with like Hank Pym and like still treats him as like tragic and like Nadia finding out him being like him being tragic, like treats it with so much like, like grace and, um and emotion and all that. And I just think it's, I think it's a great fun read um, and that's my my underrated pick.
1: Supporting so, cast in that book is great. uh great use of yeah. Mockingbird in that book. uh one of the first villains they fight is one of my underrated favorites, Monica Rappuccini, The Scientist Supreme. <laughs> yep, um, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah yeah just a really good pick. I forgot about that book. It's not on my list at all, but it would be one of my runners up. It's so good.
0: Uh, nobody should forget about that book. I, I apologize. I'm Un- preaching preaching forever that no one forgets that unstoppable Lost Thank you thing. for
1: reminding me. I'm going to definitely reread that. I love that book. Okay, uh, your underrated. Pick. My underrated. Uh, it's got like maybe a similar vibe. Is a uh, Generation X by Christina Strain with art by Amal Karpina. Um, so Generation X, um, the is was the original. Um, not the original. It's not the original anything. Uh, New Mutants was the original, like, young team of X-Men. And then Generation X was the second young team of X-Men. This is neither of those. This is about <laughs> the, those Generation X kids who were, like, 90s mall brats are now old enough to be teachers. And they're in their, like, uh, late 20s, early 30s. And they're teaching the X-Kids. It has a really weird roster of X-Kids, including uh, Quentin Quire and Eye Boy and Nature Girl. And um, Bling is on this book. And, um, again, at the time, the main X-Men books for many years was, were like pretty samey and nothing to write home about. But this was cool because a lot of the discussion about X-Men was about how the X-Men are like young and subversive and queer coded and all that stuff. And this was the only book in this era that was like playing with that sort of stuff and doing lots of cool stuff with like how a mutation, if you're a shapeshifter, what's your gender identity? Or uh, there's one character who um, his powers are affected by the emotions of those around him. So, like, what does that do to your uh, personality? And are, is he too much of a doormat? Or uh, can he learn to stand up for himself? And just, like, a really good X teen book with weird characters doing the kind of stuff you would hope for in an X teen book. Underrated pick. Oh, yeah.
2: I was... Nice. I, you, you have heard my opinions on Generation
1: X before. Yeah. Um, but i still need to read this second volume of that um i understand the artwork is not to everyone's taste but i, I rather like it yeah.
0: i haven't read generate i i mean like i haven't read a lot of x books so it's,
2: it's on mar it's on marvel unlimited
0: it's on all the, the whole thing marvel yeah uh your, your go elias yeah
2: so uh my underrated picks i picked two they're both miniseries. Uh, there's the, the Nick Fury by Robinson and ACO. Oh, which that is one's just, so good. It's oh, yeah. six one-shot issues. I mean, they sort of tie together by the end, but they're basically just Nick Fury going on this neon-drenched, two-page spread-filled spy missions that is... It's James Bond, but turned up to eleven, and everything and is pink on much, LSD, and without the yeah on LSD with none of the. Or, was there any womanizing? I don't think there was any. I hope there wasn't any. Um, <laughs> but it's it's Nick Fury, so it's Ultimates Nick Fury, but not because he's the son of White Nick Fury, but he looks like Samuel L. Jackson. Marvel comics are weird. It doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, it no, this make one, sense.
1: I'll give them to. This one you just gotta. You, gotta you just got, got it. He yeah. looks like oh, yeah. Samuel L.
2: Jackson, so you'll recognize him from the movies. Um, and it's just so much fun to have six issues of just here's some spy stuff. It's super high octane, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's just one of those books where you read it and you're like, I could read this again. Just on an off day, it's it's not necessarily the deepest. It doesn't really make you think so much, but it's. Not everything needs to do that, and sometimes you just want something where you can sit and look at a page and go, holy shit, I, I, look I at think you're art. selling
1: it short, Elias. I think the artwork is provocative, and even if the, uh, the storytelling and the, uh, the ideas and the themes aren't uh, like uh, very ambitious, it lets the artwork carry a lot of that stuff, and there's a lot oh, to yeah, think yeah, about. Yeah. A-
2: yeah. ACO is – I don't know what else uh, they've done, but this is one of those books where if you now see the name ACO, you can go, hell yeah, I got to read that. Yeah, and the other one was Cage. Oh my God, that's my point. first
1: runner-up. I'm so glad you picked that. This one, <laughs> I love this. I just read this. This one's so good. Do
2: you guys remember Samurai Jack? Do you my, guys you remember, not, remember you gotta, Dexter's Lab? Have gotta, you watched Primal? Well, then you're gonna love Cage.
1: Uh, have you Is watched it? the original Clone Wars?
2: I have not.
1: Genndy yes, Tartakovsky. know I did. Yeah. Andy Tartakovsky is probably the our greatest living animator. He's amazing. But seriously, watch
2: Primal. It's going to be coming back for its second half at some point. It's on Adult Swim. It's 22 minutes every episode of just silence and a caveman and dinosaurs fighting. Maybe not fighting, but like it's a testament to animation. And this is him taking his animation techniques and bringing it to comics and really stylizing cage into I mean it, it, it is evocative of the original era and all of the tropes of there with a lot less of the uh uncomfortable stereotyping.
1: The uncomfortable stereotyping is actually subversive for the time. There's I I'll write you a whole essay about this. It was well, one yes. of the first However, written by a black guy.
2: When you are updating mm-hmm. it, you can't just parrot it. Right. Well and also Gennady yeah. Tartakovsky is not black. No, he is not. He is Russian. Uh, He is Russian, but he does a great job of making just this fun kind of. I you can kind of just hear funk music in the background of this whole thing (laughs) as they're fighting, um, and it's, it's just four issues of, I think uh, oh, Luke Cage is just on an island. Luke Cage on an island.
0: And that's the book, folks. That's the book.
2: It's much like Nick Fury. It's a lot of fun, and the fight scenes in Cage are fantastic. They're super well choreographed. They're some of the best fights I've seen in a Marvel comic. Easy to follow,
1: clean action. And you'll Mm
2: recognize if if you've ever seen any of his shows, you will recognize the posing, and you're just like, oh
1: so good i would love a cage samurai jack crossover that seems like a match made in heaven ooh that would
0: be cool um be cool.
1: my runner's up are we into runners up now. You yeah, are, yes. Yeah, go for it. yeah. My runners up are America by Gabby Rivera and Joe Canones. Yet another good America Chavez miniseries. Fun fact: <laughs> the only time I've ever been retweeted didn't it run by... for twelve issues? It ran for less than that, like nine seven. issues. Ooh, yeah. Seven, sounds right. Um, it's the, the only time I have, and probably will ever be retweeted by right a Supreme Court justice was because of this comic. Oh wow! <laughs> um, I mean, the office Dude. of the Supreme Court justice. I probably um, fair. Um, I was writing for CBR at the time, and um, I was writing a clickbaity story about how the college that America Chavez goes into that com- in that comic is called uh, Sonia Sotomayor University, and uh, oh. Sonia Sotomayor's uh, uh, Twitter account retweeted me tweeting the article, and that was the coolest I've ever been online. <laughs> <laughs> um, Other runners-up include Iceman, uh, written by Cena Grace, with art by um, Alessandro Vitti and uh, Kevin Wada. This is the one about Iceman has now come out as gay, and just like, how does that change his life? I really didn't like the initial Iceman coming out as gay. I thought that story was poorly handled and written by Brian Michael Bendis, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of in bad taste. Um, But... I liked the idea of having a gay X-Men character, and it was clear that was where they were trying to arrive with that. And then they kind of hired um, Cena Grace, um, who is gay, and he put a lot of himself into the book, from what I understand from interviews. Um, I also know he had a difficult time writing that book, and Marvel didn't always treat him very well. Um, but, I, but he's very proud of the final work, and he uh, reps it really hard. And it's like really cool, really good dialogue scenes, really good slice of life, family stuff. I also mm-hmm. want to uh, put in um, Occupy Avengers by David Walker and art by Gabriel Walta. Um, dumbest title ever for a book. Yep. Um, so just like ignore the title. It's so funny and good. It's Hawkeye is um, going across America, teaming up with mostly minority superheroes and villains to just like deal with social problems in different cities. It's really reminiscent of a Green Lantern, Green Arrow from the 80s. Um, where they're just like fighting real problems, like uh, shady landlords, and um, but in like a very familiar way. And he's teaming up with such luminary heroes and villains as um, Nighthawk and uh, Red Wolf and Deadly Nightshade. It's really good. <laughs> and you nice. fucking never, you never would have thought that one was good. You never would have heard of that one. And my last pick is a uh, Star Lord, uh, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Chris Anka. I'm
2: glad
1: you mentioned Star Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was um, on my yeah. list, too. I'm really just glad. Kidding. Yeah. So you guys could rep it as well as you should rep it. Uh, but Star Lord's super hot in this one. Chris Anka just gets like really into drawing Star Lord's abs. It was a reminder that Star Lord could be hot because he kind of yeah. didn't seem like it for a while. And Star Lord's trapped on Earth, which seems like a bad premise to me. But um, he ends up becoming the bartender at the Spider Man bar with no name where all the supervillains go and just like weirdly uh, befriending all of Spider Man's villains. They call him Bar Lord. It's adorable.
0: Yeah, what is that that phrase like? If you're like a dumb hot man, like a himbo, himbo. a
2: himbo, himbo. Yeah. yeah, he drinks himbo. respect yeah. women juice. <laughs> yes, yeah, That's what it's
1: you want. just I uh, and it was a uh, Chips Zdarsky like leveling up, and he's just never stopped since. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. The couple that I wanted to to mention, uh, Ultimate Squared, from again now Ewing, uh, this this like continuation was or with art by Tribal Foreman, not Kenneth Rockfort um foreman like if if rockefeller was sort of like psychedelic like foreman and i think i think um christian ward does like a couple of guest issues too he like, does just, like, the best as, issues i
1: thought
0: yeah yeah it's like same like high concept bullshit but just like the artwork is more like more strange and the other one that i wanted to mention not because uh like the book itself is particularly good but like the art is great uh is bendis and david marquez's uh defenders run it's the first the first and only book. That has ever had like Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Jessica Jones and, and Daredevil in a group calling themselves the Defenders, even though like they have that Netflix show. Um, <laughs> and like it's like spread out on over 12 issues. It's like not, you know, the plot's not super great, but they are just like a bunch of pages where uh, like Ben just, just told Marquez. Draw whatever fight scene you want, and there's no dialogue, and those pages are the best.
1: Uh, Marquez so. is, in my opinion, the artist who's best at drawing Bendis scripts. I think Marquez yeah. makes Bendis scripts look better than any other artist. He, uh, he made Iron Man look really good, and that's because um Marquez will start drawing really tiny panels and mm-hmm. um basically turning Bendis's long dialogue scenes into these really visual montages where it's like showing you around the room and people's expressions, and it ends up being a lot more exciting to file, follow than just like the big walls of Bendis text you get with other artists i agree i agree with that completely
2: yeah so Um, i had a couple runners up too but i just i just wanted to quickly say i didn't particularly love america which kind of sucks because there was something about quinone's art on the book that i don't know if it was the coloring i don't know if it was the inking or what it just looked muddy in a way that that his, his other books didn't i don't know why and i hate to say this Rivera's script—I noticed it in BB Free as well. I, it just doesn't click with me. the The, the style of writing—it's—it's it's a little too bouncy. It's a little too punchy, and especially in these first, the America issues, she had the writer coming from prose problem of here's just a wall of text, and it's—it wasn't always the most engaging wall of text. Uh, which kind of stinks because uh, they are an alum of uh, my alma mater goucher. Um, <laughs> So I don't want to slag off their writing. Um, but Um, it just didn't connect with me
1: as someone Um, who's repping that book i agree with all your criticism Uh, it's not above impeachment but it's really uh creative and fun and mm -hmm. different um and again this was uh they were pushing a bunch of like interesting books uh with queer superheroes for the first time and they're making a big deal out of it Mm -hmm. but i thought they were really picking storytellers who were repping that and it wasn't just lip service like i thought these stories were really good and i um, would have
2: been given the time to really bloom i think with 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 some more some more i think it could have been something really special yeah, um i, I pick, agree with all your criticism yeah, yeah. so with ra- ra- reservations. Ra- with reservations is what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so from for my runners up this was the era of miss marvel i think i really liked the most um was the marvel now mm-hmm. 2.0 era um and then also thompson uh, and romero's hawkeye i picked yeah. so many damn hawkeye books
1: oh my <laughs> god hawkeye's, well, yeah hawkeye's had a great <laughs> couple years huh <laughs>
2: But yeah. we haven't gotten a long-running Hawkeye with uh, not Hawkeye, but with Kate Bishop Hawkeye, which is criminal, and this series should have lasted longer. And when we get to it, I'll talk about the other series that should have lasted longer, and that's Marvel's big problem. But anyway, I'm going to go off my <laughs> my uh, soapbox to rep a couple more ser- series. Hulk by Tamaki and Leon. I'm glad that She-Hulk started to become that that Jennifer Walters became Hulk uh it was just it was a weird era for 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 her but I think Tomaki really handled the like soul searching and and the the questions uh that of the fallout of civil war 2 really well uh for for what she was given basically
1: i want to just quickly disagree uh at the first negative review i ever wrote on multiversitycomics.com was for an issue of that series oh wow Mm. um what was it later on or was it like early number three i believe it was two or three (laughs) wow Um, yeah i think i
0: dropped that book because i didn't think it was like super great but i think like
1: I mean, I love, yeah um, i love
2: disagreeing with elias elias is yeah. my favorite person in the world to disagree with <laughs> yeah. yeah i really like what Tomoki does with with her characters uh and you can really see, you can really see some of this some of the similar ideas in uh the her graphic novel with rosemary valerio o'connor um Dane keeps breaking up with me you can see some of the similar approaches to character and the way we get inside their head and the the show and the the use of silent moments i think tamaki really knows how to just let a panel be and let the artist take over and just be like she hulk or or, uh, jennifer walters has just left a room and it you just see this broken desk in the corner and it's moody and dark and i just really loved that uh about this era but i I know that wasn't to everyone's taste no no, i want to agree with
1: you that um my problem with it isn't the, um, the scripting. I think she's really talented. She's got the opposite problem of a lot of these people we're talking about. But mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, the idea for the series. I thought it was um, kind That's of predictable fair. and dour and like a real downer and not in a way that I thought um, it revealed anything interesting in you mm-hmm. Even if, it, but I thought it was told really well and it always frustrates me when um, I, I run into that with Tamaki books sometimes where I don't like her ideas but I think she's so talented that I wish I liked them more mm-hmm. um, and Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me I'm in the middle of and is really, oh. my favorite by her yet. That's uh, fantastic. And then Man Thing. R.L. Stein writing the
2: comedic Man (laughs) Thing book. You gotta put it on there. Yeah. It's not the best, but I had so much fun with it.
1: Yeah.
2: I suggest that. Give it a read.
1: R.L. Stein is definitely the worst offender of, made the worst transition from uh, prose to comics of maybe anyone I've ever read, but he's so bad. It's kind of like Plan 9 from Outer Space Bad, where I'm like, this is a train wreck and I can't get enough of it. Yeah. yeah, and he definitely—he definitely, he definitely sort of
2: earlier, knew by the end you know. of issue one. He's like, "Maybe I didn't do such a great job." I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> bless you, Arlstein. God yeah. bless
0: you. God bless the goosebumps. Um,
2: and now for the weirdest of our eras. And now for legacy. the weirdest and
0: the shortest of the era, Marvel legacy. Um, so, uh, consensus pick. I think we might all be right about this one. So uh, I we're not going agree, to be
1: because my agree. consensus pick is nothing.
0: Oh Ooh. shoot! All right. Well, never mind then. Go ahead. I
1: don't. I don't think there's anything from this era that um it deserves a consensus pick. I feel like everything was really. Uh, you don't po- think
0: X Men Red deserves the consensus pick? I
1: nope. think that for underrated. Nobody reads X Men Red.
0: Oh, I. It's think got that a is problem. Pick.
1: No, that book is I almost love perfect. Tom Taylor, but that book is almost perfect. X-Men oh, Red. that
0: book is. I yeah, I'm with Jake. That book is almost perfect. Um, what was your consensus, Elias?
2: Uh, mine was the death of the Mighty Thor arc for Mighty Thor. Okay. Right, I, I, saved, I saved that one for here and I think that of the mighty Thor I think that's the best it's I agree Douderman at his peak it's Aaron just being like oh you thought you knew sadness you don't <laughs> know sadness and it I'm just going to defer people to, to my writing in
1: the big long essay I, I wrote about ad nauseam. I wrote under runners up on this one I wrote Jason Aaron Thor stuff still real good <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I um, I like, I agree, like the this is the era of the Mighty Thor that's the best. I like the death stuff. Um, I picked X Men Red as the consensus. That's interesting that you picked it as your your underrated. It is interesting. Uh,
1: I didn't I have say, it on any of my list. Can I say one thing about um about Thor and then we'll get into X Men Red? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. Jason Aaron has like a very masculine – his books all feel like masculine tears, just like every single one of them. Reading a Jason Aaron comics is like seeing my dad crying every single one. And what's interesting about Death of the Mighty Thor is it's a very female book, and that's like a mix of tones I don't think I've seen a lot elsewhere of just like a woman who gets to like cry like your dad. Mm -hmm. And that's why I like the book so much. It's just like a really weird – Feeling that's unfamiliar to me—that uh, in fiction—but I feel like I encounter a lot in real life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the issue of of when she picks up the the hammer again, when she like definitely knows she's gonna die. Um, I got him to sign that at 2 e two the first year that I went, and um, this was like two years ago. And I was just like, I was, I was like, I told him when he was signing, I was like, this part made me, this issue made me cry. This part made me cry, and he was like, oh, which part? And I said like, when at the beginning of the issue, when she's like talking to her mom and. Her mom's like i want you to have a god that is like worth is worthy enough for you to believe in it and and i was yeah, like oh, cool. he to a different a different part of the book and he was like this is where i cried Right? <laughs> and i was like oh okay good good we're on the same wavelength here
1: yeah jason Aaron is very manly tears the person yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah um okay X-Men X-Men red's X-Men
1: perfect i x-men red's flawless
0: yeah that's really all i have to say about x-men right it's like the right amount of politics the right amount of of heart the right amount of i like didn't know some of those characters before but it didn't matter and like taylor just drops all the right feels uh gabby and laura are the best and it's oh, a yeah. shame that we haven't seen more gabby in the dawn of x hair but um that's yeah i just think x-men's great it's just like a, a giant sort of like love letter of two like you know you're reading comics right you know you know these things have like political meaning and value you know like if you're reading about people who are like fighting for truth and justice and things like you should be doing those things like let me make that as explicit as possible
1: um anyone familiar with me knows i'm very into x-men and one of the main characters in all of x-men is jean gray she appears in x-men yeah. number one in the 60s and it's been around very prominently since i feel like i never understood jean gray until i read x-men red that's how good x-men red is it was that's yeah, the book same. that retroactively made me get jean gray not not just what she like what she does but who what she's like what her personality is
0: yeah yeah i like too that like it's it's a book that is like fully removes her from sort of the like romantic aspects like in the sort of like oh she's just scott's partner or whatever that like she so often like it's put into like she gets the spotlight she's the one making all the plays and it's yeah it's really good
1: I yeah. walked away from that book and I realized that Jean Grey is like Superman because she's so powerful. She just like can see the atoms that everyone's made of and just understands yeah. that we're all made of the same star stuff because she's like literally looking at it and that's the level in which she's operating in the universe. And she just like yeah. can't help but be so compassionate because she can just like feel everybody's emotions and she just like gets people in this deep profound way that no one else can because no one's as powerful as she is. She's, and she's like a god for that reason.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Elias, what is your, your favorite your favorite pick of the era?
1: Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, by uh, Zadarsky and Kubert. Right. This... I also wrote in my runners-up, all Zadarsky stuff in this era is really good. Oh yeah, he he writes. I mean, they're... I I think this
2: was his only book, and then that... oh no, that's a no, lie. Two, two, and model, two and one, two and one was Which... in this era too. But I I think huh. Spider Spider-Man hit me more. He's really good at writing sad Spider-Man. <laughs> He's yeah. really good at saying how much can I inflict upon my boy peter and he does it in a way that doesn't feel like it's like flagellatory um it doesn't feel like like he's just running him through a meat grinder in the way that some other writers might have might have done it um if it's kind of pointed and it's about getting to his emotional core uh and i it is a travesty that zadarsky was not put on either spider-man or uh, Fantastic Four, and that instead we got Spencer and Slot, both of which have been turning in okay to eh runs at best. Uh, yeah. But we've been getting his Daredevil, so trade-offs. We'll talk uh, just, about that. Spectacular Spider-Man yeah. um, might be my favorite Spider-Man book, I guess, since
1: mm-hmm. JMS, and I haven't read JMS in years.
0: Yeah, Jake, what about you? What's your your favorite of the era?
1: Um... For my fave, I picked all new Wolverine, also by Tom Taylor, which ended in this mm-hmm. era. Um, gotcha. uh, I thought it was good all the way through. Um, I've always liked Laura Kinney, and I cannot tell you why. Um, I just like—I I was the age when she came out in the cartoon and stuff. I guess I'm just the perfect age to be an X-23 fan, and I thought she was so cool um, when I was like 19 or whatever. Um, and that's the best book. And it's also, it's the best uh, legacy book. Marvel doesn't do a lot of legacy characters. that's more of a DC thing. Um, and a lot of the best DC books ever have been about like uh, Wally West gra- grappling with the death of Barry Allen or Dick Grayson grappling with the death of uh, Bruce Wayne. And having uh, Laura Kinney grapple with the death of Logan was such a cool Marvel book. And Tom Taylor nailed it. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. That book was good throughout throughout its entire run. And the very end, I think you're right, is the best when, when Juan Cabal is the like the artist in the book.
1: Yeah, the last three arcs uh, are my favorites.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, so for this era, I combined my favorite and, and under and underrated together. I agree with you that this is the weakest of the eras, Jake, although I think there are still some redeemable things. And I think um, my favorite uh, and underrated book, also, I think it's an underrated book, is The Exiles Run that Sal did on Madden. Oh,
1: yeah. I forgot about that one. And I, I retroactively, uh, that's my favorite. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> because it, and another another book that weirdly didn't have legacy numbering even though it launched in in the era but um oh well, yeah uh that's weird this is the the best thing i think solid and all meds written at marvel um uh, i love Javi, javier rodriguez is probably like in my like top three favorite marvel artists
1: this is um, maybe his best book too
0: this is yeah i was yeah agreed completely um and like again, I don't have like the history with like the like Blink mainly, who's like an a, an Age of Apocalypse X Men character. Like that's where she's created, I think, right?
1: Yeah, um, well, sort of, but it's complicated. But yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, X Men,
0: sort of, but it's complicated because it's X Men. Um, and like, but like, none of that really matters here because it's just like a multiverse hopping weird sort of like side story with all these like characters that um from like different different Marvel continuities and eras, like. Salad and I at Invent some characters.
1: Becky from, like, Barnes. First- I loved Becky Barnes. Becky Barnes.
0: That's so good. Uh, and the and the like the Valkyrie Thor who looks like um like Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie from uh from like Thor Ragnarok but is like meteor
1: and Kamala um, Khan who's just Sarah Connor fighting Terminators. That one was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Oh that my God. Is so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, This is my favorite book of this era, hands down.
0: Yeah, it's a great book. It's a great book. Uh, it's only twelve issues. Check it out it's this, a great like one read one all the way read through yeah as a
1: comics fan i've like made my piece that sometimes you'd like series and they get canceled and then there'll be new series and you just don't get too sad about it this was the last time i remember getting really sad when a book got canceled
0: yeah 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 it was so good it was so.
1: Good. i wanted this to run forever
0: yeah um okay y'all's underrated picks and then we got one more era to talk about
2: yeah so my underrated pick for this one was runaways but we kind of talked about that before oh, okay. <laughs> but okay. i feel like i mean it's lasted this long so it's probably not actually underrated but i don't see a lot of people actually talking about all of the runaway stuff especially in the legacy era because this this is really when i think it started getting good
0: yeah this is when <laughs> it blossomed and i think too like this is about because well no anka leaves after like issue 18 or something I was going to say, like, this is uh, towards the end of, like, Anka yeah. getting...
2: And, and I run. think Genelay comes on. That's sounds yeah. right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Andre Genelay.
2: Yeah. Who does yeah. a very good job of following up.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And Matt Wilson leaves, too, because the colors changes. But, like... The but it's still very still, good. Consist- yeah. Um, oh, and Jake, you said your underrated was X-Men Red, which we did talk about.
1: Um... I'd also like to add real quick, um, Champions gets good when Mark Wade leaves the book. And I believe Jim Zub takes over.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh, yeah, he takes over. Yeah, um, he does. He does. The Jim Zub Champions is a good couple of arcs. And um, you always wanted to like the Champions. You always thinks that, thought that was a good idea. And then you're like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is like a Teen Titans-y book about like a bunch of kids doing stupid superhero stuff. It's good. Yeah. But-
0: yeah, I like that really for me less it was Zub and more like the art changes because I think Ramos was a bad choice for the book. Um and I
1: forget who comes on. Uh it's Tom it on N- Isaacs. Tom Isaac's I think It's right? not I think there's a new artist in every arc. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I love right. the way it's Isaacs different.
2: drew Mephisto. <laughs> yeah. Mephisto was just he's just like so extra. He just shows up on the page and he's like, Sub. I'm like, oh, that's a good <laughs> Mephisto. But it's also not Mephisto. Marvel comics are weird. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: okay. Um, a couple up? of runners up that I, I want to mention was mm-hmm. um, the Donny Cates, Gabriel Walter, Doctor Strange run. I was about was to say short. that. Um, just their run, just those six issues, not the damnation stuff. I haven't
2: read these. There. So it's really yeah.
0: good. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's Sorcerer's Supreme. Yeah.
1: I remember when this came out. I did, it didn't sound very interesting to me, but yep. you're saying so I go check it out.
2: It's very good. It's a good, good. It's Kate's, I think, was it his first big work for Marvel or second? It like was before this,
0: he's, this simultaneously with Thanos, which yeah. is the other, okay. the other thing. Yeah, because he took life. over
2: Thanos from, from Jeff Lemire. Um, yeah. And so this. These issues gave me great hope in what Donny Cates could be over at Marvel, especially on the Dr. Strange book. Um, And he squandered it away in the damnation arc and then left the book, which he has a bad penchant for doing at Marvel. Sorry. I I don't mean to to rag on him too much, but I totally forgot about this the last time we talked about Donny Cates, which is a shame because I really loved his Loki Sorcerer Supreme arc. And really didn't like Damnation.
1: Mm-hmm. And... I'm gonna have to check those out, though. I'm very <laughs> curious now.
2: Yeah, but it, it's kind of weird. The stuff that he sticks with past, like for longer t- time, tend to be better. Either the stuff he sticks for for like four or five issues, where he's like, "I'm here for an arc," and then I'm gone, tends to be good. The stuff that he's on for much longer, like Venom, tends to be very good. The stuff where he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm gonna be here forever," and he's like, cyclo it's only two arcs," tends to be okay and really falls apart in the second arc
1: well i guess you can say he knows when he's uh, struggling and he decides to move on to something he's having more success with i guess so yeah maybe it's commendable yeah
0: yeah, yeah. okay um doc strange uh the and then also the um kelly thompson perry perez rogan Gambit book
1: Those yeah ones.
0: yeah yeah great one yeah, yeah, yeah um what about y'all
1: jake for for runners up hmm yeah Ah, oh, we covered everything. Uh, Champions, Jason Aaron, Thor, real good. Chip Zdarsky, real good. That Marvel Two and One is kind of underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has another thing. No, he does a Namor thing, or maybe that comes out later. Uh, that's no, Invaders cool. is part oh, yeah. of Fresh Start. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just Chip Zdarsky's been crushing it with Marvel. I I, I thought I, I loved him the moment I set my eyes on him, and I underestimated him. He's even better than I thought, and I thought it was pretty great.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. I also okay. had the the Charles Sold Daredevil stuff as a runner up. Oh yeah. Like I said. Lawyer writing lawyer.
0: Yeah. I, I like think that it, cypher version of it. In that peaks, book. Mm-hmm. It peaks in I think in like two because like the, the death of daredevil stuff Oh. is like okay.
2: Yeah. But, I get yeah, I I liked I liked the way that arc I was thinking specifically Mayor Fisk and uh Mayor right. okay. uh what Mayor, mayor Daredevil Murdoch. basically Murdoch. Yeah. mayor yeah. Murdoch yeah. I, yeah, I yeah, specifically true. those arcs I really yeah. liked yeah. That and I'm so glad this stat. He didn't throw that status quo out. I am yeah. so glad,
1: and he's doing great stuff with it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and Z- yeah, Zdzarski has picked that, that up.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm glad that that still exists. We'll
1: talk about that actually. The, oh yeah, yeah.
0: So now we're on to um, to fresh to to fresh start. And and one of the questions that I would, I did want to ask. Um, so Marvel, so this Marvel said. We're gonna relaunch all the books in May of 2018. And there's been sort of no mention. This is also about the time that C.B. Smolski came came on as editor in chief. Yeah, there's been like no other say. mention of like the relaunch stuff and sort of this like seasonal model. Although like and all, most of the books have just kind of continued um, to go. Like their books now in like the 30s and 40s at issue number 30 and 40 it's about Marvel, which has been unheard of in in, in a recently. decade. In in a decade. Since Axel um,
1: Alonso and uh, since, took over,
0: yeah. Of, yeah. So I did. So I did want to ask because, like, this was two years ago, um, and like, Dawn of X was like the big thing that happened in 2019. It just kind of like occurs to me that the Marvel, instead of like moving, their, I think what they've kind of moved to is like they want all their big characters to constantly have a book, and they'll let some of their like smaller characters have miniseries and stuff. Um, but I did want to ask, like, are we still in like? the era of fresh start because it's not a language that Marvel's they kind of dropped it as immediately as it like started.
1: Um, yeah. I think you, you captured most of uh, what I think about it. I think that um, I, I think a lot of people know that it's a truism in comics that when you restart a series, it sells better because number one issues always sell better, but then number two issues always immediately drop off and eventually you're back where you started pretty quickly. So it becomes a question of how often can you put out a number one, drive up the sales, and then is nine issues too short before you do a number one? Is six, um, as we saw, because a bunch of these initiatives launched in the same year as each other, right? Like in 2017, there was two initiatives in one year. Yeah, and yeah, Scroll yeah. Girl got um, had two number ones in one year, two number twos in one year. Um, so they're trying to do that number one push as much as they can, and I think that was a really Alonzo thing, and not just Alonzo, but the uh, the older uh, Marvel executives. And since Sobolevsky has taken over, I think they realize that that growth is kind of uh, fictional, and so uh, that's why they're not you're not seeing that language anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think I I think I agree. I just like it. It just seemed like very abrupt, and like there was no sort of like PR of like okay, now we're switching back to. Having just sort of regular series running, it was just like, no, we're going to drop all that seasonal language. And like, this is what we're doing now.
2: Um, I think it may have been they, 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 they want, that. I guess they pulled a, a page from the DC playbook. Um, cause DC launched with Rebirth and they ran with yeah. that for a while and then they kind of dropped it off. And they did make a bit of a, a hullabaloo about changing to DC Universe and they had all this stuff with what's black label, but that's more of a, grading thing like of, of age ratings versus um, line-wide changes and I think with Fresh Start I think maybe that was just them literally saying we're doing a Fresh Start we're saying we're pausing all of this because that was about the time that they said we're pausing all of these big events for you won't have one for a year and a half or whatever yeah. um, unless that started with Legacy um, I don't remember exactly when
1: they were kind of saying
2: that with Legacy. Yeah, yeah. but they, they kind of, I think they started to finally get the the hint that maybe they should let stuff last a little bit longer and really keep readership once they have it uh, and mm-hmm. focus more on explicitly saying, hey, this thing's going to be here for a short amount of time. Come see this esoteric character. Really let people go to town on it. Um, and, and kind of sit with a, a status quo for a good while. And that's why it's a, a fresh start. And they didn't really need to change the language because it wasn't like they branded everything with fresh start number one, like they did with Marvel now or legacy. Mm-hmm. It was right. more of a rebranding maybe to, to say, oh, we're getting rid of legacy. It I think... <laughs> stupid um, in and of itself, but...
1: I, I think... um House of X and Powers of Ten, or Hoxpox as we're going to call it, um, mm-hmm. proved that they don't have to call something an event for something to be an event. If they mm-hmm. write a comic that's exciting enough and gets people excited enough, they can turn that into the big comic event, get everyone talking about that, and then uh, grow that organically into something people want to read. And um, yeah. with that in mind, I have a suggestion of how we should proceed. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Um, I think that I, I'm looking at my runner up, I only have one. And I realize that if we end on that, I'm gonna be like, and this one's pretty good. And that's gonna be kind of a bummer note to end our conversation on. So I say yeah. we do our runners up first, then our underrated, then our personal fave, and then we end by seeing if we have the same consensus.
2: All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, well, go ahead, then with your your runners up, the things that you want to highlight.
1: Um, my only runner up for this one is Avengers by Jason Aaron. Uh, the first arc I thought was kind of weak, but since then it's really picked up. It's everything you like about Jason Aaron. It's real pulpy and uh, has like big, goofy ideas. It's uh, dark in places and kind of has like a manly crying feel. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you can get through the first six issues, which are fine. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, the the runners up that I wanted to mention were Coates' Captain America stuff. Um, yep. Same. And. Uh, and then Aaron, Jason Aaron and Ewing's Valkyrie things that's been out of War of the mm. Realms, um, and then briefly the the short Teeny Howard Kizama Death Head miniseries. Oh
2: yeah, I like all this. I love that. Uh, Elias,
0: uh, what about you? Uh,
2: I had because I have to stay on brand. Jason Aaron and Mike Del Mundo's Thor. Um, mm. I think it was a, a runner up. Had some of my favorite single issues, um, which has been so wild jason aaron does a lot of great done in one stories as well as the big arcs which not every writer most writers don't do especially nowadays which i really appreciate Uh, and then i had because i was like i don't really see this on the list but it's definitely here i just put war of the realms and then my three favorite miniseries from there which were journey into mystery war scrolls because it had howard the duck uh, and then giant man read Hmm. giant man
1: I think it's Giant Man. Even
2: if you don't read War of the Realms, even if you don't give a shit about any of them, read Giant Man. It's so good. It's yeah. one of my favorite tie-ins to something and has no right to be as good as it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I also had Mr. and Mrs. X by Kelly Thompson and David uh, Basildua, uh Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man by Tom Taylor and Juan Cabal. I had a lot of runner-ups. Fresh Start had a surprisingly large number of books from was like i really like these but not quite enough uh and then mm-hmm. the century by jeff lemire and kim jacinto was pretty good um it's kind of weird it ended on a, a strange note that didn't really leave me feeling resolved Sentry um, story it was nice to do. see this
1: hmm? yeah century stories yeah. always do that's always yeah. the end.
2: but it was nice to see the century come back and it played with a lot of uh fun ideas with the character mm-hmm. all right mm-hmm. Who's doing yeah. underrated what do first? What
0: was, your, what was your underrated, Elias?
2: Oh, what was mine? It was yeah. it was a tie between West Coast Avengers, uh, just, hashtag justice for Jeff, and <laughs> uh, both Spider-Gwen, Ghost-Spider, and then Ghost-Spider, because that one actually did have a relaunch and a renaming. Um, mm. I don't know why, but they did. Uh, but that's been... A fantastic follow-up, and uh, and uh, Shannon, Shannon, not Shannon, I think Shannon, McGuire, mm-hmm. McGuire, <laughs> <laughs> McGuire has done a good job of following up on on all the Spider Gwen stuff and really making it uh, something that I think could last uh, a good long while. Uh, it it reminds me of like what I love about Peter Parker, or what I loved about. Young Peter Parker, that I think should no longer be with Peter. Like, Peter should be an adult. Let Peter be an adult and let Miles and Gwen take over the mantle of the teen spider heroes that have their own issues. You've got one which is more grounded in the 616 universe, and then you've got the other which is doing dimension hopping and all that. Uh, And I just really, I'm having a lot of fun with Spider Gwen Ghost Spider. I'm sorry, just Ghost Spider now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. My underrated one was was West Coast Avengers. Also, Justice yeah. for Jeff. So I am with you there. <laughs> Kelly Thompson and and Stefano Casella did a really fun book that I think like subverted a lot of the. I mean, like when the cast of the book was announced, I thought it was going to be weird, but it's like definitely funny. it's like strikes the right amount of like right balance between like character development and humor and all these different things, and I think it's a really. She cool
2: made book. me um, like Quentin Choir. I hate that yeah, guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah uh jake what about you
1: uh my underrated pick for a fresh start is superior spider-man volume two by christos gage and mike hawthorne
2: interesting interesting yeah why
1: not a lot of people read this. Not a lot of people knew to read this. I just li- I like Christos Gage in general. Um, mm-hmm. This book was great. It lasted 12 issues. It's about Otto Octavius in a clone body of Peter Parker, who he started to dress like a fascist, so you can tell them apart and cut his hair like a fascist, because he's, <laughs> he's Dr. Octopus. Um, yep. m- moves to the West Coast. It's got a lot of the supporting cast from uh, Dan Slot Spider-Man, who I really liked, like uh, the people from Horizon Labs. And um, Doc Ock is a scientist and a professor, and uh, he's calling himself Elliot Tolliver, and he's trying to be the superior Spider-Man of San Francisco. And he runs into a bunch of weird-ass West Coast Avengers villains like uh, Mr. Pandemic. Not Pandemic, that's what time we're in now. Mr. um, What's his name? Pandemonium. Master Pandemonium. The guy with babies for hands. (laughs) And Terax the Tamer shows up, just like a bunch of wild, good Marvel villains who so you don't see that often. And they fight Spider-Man in really fun, cool Spider-Man stories that was about, like, whether or not Doc Ock could be redeemed. Um, it had a great supporting cast. Real good book. Everyone should read it.
0: Nice. Nice. Okay, what's your favorite? Go for it.
1: My favorite? Yep. Yeah. We already talked about it a great bunch, but it's Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. Mm-hmm. Um is great. You never would uh, that you th- would think, oh, it's gonna be funny, Daredevil, and then Chip Darts blows you away. He's like, no, I can do anything good, and he's just doing like classic crime Daredevil, and it's better than it's been in yeah.
2: years.
0: Yeah, that's also my favorite one too. That's
2: I I had, I had I had Daredevil there as well, but I also tied it with Immortal Hulk because Immortal Hulk has been the horror book I needed, and I'm so so glad Al Ewing has been just giving us body horror commentary hulk it's wild
0: mm-hmm. well so that's a good lead and then to the consensus pick because that's where i thought you might be going there so i i i kiddied out and and had two for my consensus and that's <laughs> hawk Fox and immortal hulk um which i think is where we're we're gonna end this probably
1: that's correct
2: <laughs> oh, did you have Hawksbox and immortal hulk up you there you bet i did oh yeah i was i was actually going to do that i'm like no i gotta move hulk to personal fave because i don't know if i don't know if both of them are gonna pick it they're definitely you cheated Hawks. well you
1: cheated
2: i lives. did cheat i also put x-men and new mutants up there <laughs> sure because oh, okay. i was just like the dawn of x era these are the three books that i've been really loving um mm-hmm. now that we're far enough in and we've talked about those ad nauseum before but yeah and we will again read one day talk and then pick pick your fave of all the books don't read fallen angels
0: don't Just read fallen angels. No. yeah not worth i it. think i mean i think like it's it's interesting that you know we can have a conversation about whether or not like fresh start is still an applicable term or an applicable sort of season that marvel is in but it's like very clear at least um from like 2018 and then like from 2019, what like the best books are in like Immortal Hulk, which launched at the beginning of Fresh Start and then like Dawn of X, which is like in the middle of, of all its stuff and like <laughs> our things that we've talked about a lot on the show, but like that those are clearly, the fact that those are clearly the two standouts of the era, I think says something about um, just like where Marvel's putting its energy, I guess at the moment, um, like Immortal Hulk is definitely like a, a fresh start for like Bruce Banner after having years of, different status quos and things. And it's like a, a new status quo, but they like incorporates all the old status quos. And like, again, similarly with the X-Men having like sort of uh, regurgitated nostalgia status quos and having like, a brand new status quo and saying like, start here. Um, I think like those two things being the beginnings, like says something about whether or not we can still call this era, like fresh start or whatever. Um, it's clear that like, at least the highest of highs that Marvel has done trying to really say this is these are new brand new fresh starts like are like are really really good things
2: we had the most consensus in the fresh start era interesting, yeah. interesting. yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. kind of wild. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: well cool well i want to thank y'all both for for this exercise and thank you uh dear listener we hope that you had some things that you're going to go check out um after this uh while you're still stuck inside with us um and thank you both for being on, Jake Elias. Uh, where can folks find you on the larger interwebs?
1: Well, you can uh, find me on Twitter at um, at Rambling underscore Moose, and you can uh, read what I have to say on multiversitycomics.com. dot uh, You can particularly read my Mutant-versity column, which is all about X Men stuff, and where I'll talk about a lot of the stuff we talked about tonight.
0: Nice,
1: nice. You can find me on Twitter at
2: at Quetzal-ish, Quetzel-ish, Q-U-E-T-Z-E-L-I-S-H, and right in here at Multiversity, uh, getting back in the swing of things of writing actual legit comic reviews for once. been mostly just doing <laughs> TV the last few months, uh, but getting back in the swing of that. So you can read that, and you can read my, Jake, James's, and many other people's essays on uh, X-Men uh, coming out soon. Yeah, I guess there's I think
0: I think yours, yours came out a couple days ago. A lot yeah, three three, three S's
2: are out already. I don't know how many more are coming, and I don't know when this episode is going up. So you might have five or six, you might still only have the three. Who knows? Nice. Nice.
0: You can find all those things and find all of us at multiversitycomics.com. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We don't know what the, the feature will bring, but uh keep checking multiversity comics for all the news about what is going on in the comic book industry in the midst of all this. Stay safe, wash your hands, social distance, all that good stuff. Take care of yourself and others. We'll see you later. Bye!